FM. See you on the lift. Back attack, dude. <laughs> hey, yo, homies. <laughs> Slide down the big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice, burgundy snowboard. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the bomb hole, which is presented <laughs> by Pub Beer. And it's also presented by Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. Uh, we are laughing because Bob Plum is in studio as a guest host. And simply looking at him makes us laugh. Uh, Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Let's get it. <laughs> Mikey is literally crying. Mikey's guest host. Oh, how are you doing, Mike? Best day of my life so yeah, far. Perfect. Holy and then our, our guest today is Benny Urban. Benny, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. We are so happy that you're in the booth. All right, I'm going to do a quick intro. For those who are unfamiliar with Benny, he is the first German snowboarder we've had on this podcast, I believe. Is that correct, Benny? That's right. Yeah, first German in the booth. Uh, he's had a great career filming some legendary video parts in Vans feature films, Nitro videos, Red Bull projects, Ice and Seven, Hexagon, Videograss, Given, 32. He's even gone on to help direct a few videos as of late. And most notably, he has an X Games silver medal in real snow from 2018. It's an absolutely banger part. He continues to put down great tricks in the streets with smooth, calculated style. Smooth as silk, they say. Uh, so let's get into this podcast, Benny. What brings you stateside? Dude, uh, thank you. Um, glad to be back in Salt Lake. Um, love love being here. Love checking in with the crew. Love checking in with the people that I've got to know over the years. Uh, I was privileged enough to get to go to Mammoth last week for a Red Bull shoot that we had going there. It was pretty cool, and I figured since I'm overseas already, I need to kind of stop back uh, in Salt Lake on the way home. You know, it's it's heading east from Mammoth, so I figured I'll just stop in and say what's up, get to ride Brighton a little bit since they're still open, and uh, yeah, get to see you guys too, so I'm stoked. Amazing. Little fun fact, uh, Benny and I were roommates. He lived with me in the States for a couple winters. What is it? Winter? One full winter? Yeah, a couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one season I was staying at your crib. Uh, it was a sweet setup. I really enjoyed it. It was cool. Great time. We had some good times. Now, uh, wondering about this Red Bull situation. So wh what's going on with this Red Bull thing? Like, are you, is it a training camp? Is it a shoot? What, what are you guys doing? You guys chugging bulls? I heard there was like motivational speakers there. Yeah, they were. They were. Um, this year, Tony was, Robbins. What are we talking? <laughs> uh, Salema was there. Oh no way! And um, yeah, that was that was dope. Um, really inspiring stuff. Um, this year, I think it was a little bit different than they usually do it. Um, it used to be these progression sessions, I believe they call it, and this year it was more like a team session, team shootout style. So it was a bit mellower in that sense, and everybody everybody got to ride and just enjoy the park. And of course, there was some pretty insane session happenings too, where I was kind of holding back and watching the the slope style mega superstars do their thing. But um, yeah, happy to be a part of it. Who was who was putting it down out there? Dude, uh, it was the first time seeing Takaru Otsuka shredding in person. That was quite quite impressive. Um, since I'm like not necessarily uh, following, you know, the contest scene too much, if I'm going to be very honest. I mean, I've seen stuff, you know, but never seen those guys put it down in person. So that was pretty incredible to witness. Killer. Well, let's run it back. You're obviously from Germany, as we mentioned uh, before. I kind of want to hear about how you found snowboarding in Germany. Yeah, that uh, that's a long time ago. So... Uh, I was born in the north of Germany in a city called Hamburg, which some of you might are familiar with. Um, it's very far away from the mountains. And um, I was somehow exposed to snowboarding 
in a from a very young age on, even though I was living very far away from the mountains. So my dad is born in southern Germany, which is kind of in the Alps, right? And then my mom is French Canadian. She's from Quebec. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, we used to go to Canada to do um, Christmas trips to see the family. And that was actually the first time I've seen people snowboarding in the streets at the age of like five or six years old. Wow. I was like, wow, this is, this is so sick. This is so cool. Haven't even tried it myself yet. And then um, a couple of years later, my dad uh, went to Austria to this little like fishing cabin, him and my uh, he and my grand uh, my grandfather had to do fly fishing, and he decided to bring me in the winter time just to check out the ski resorts in the area. So I finally get to snowboard for the first time, and ever since I was just so obsessed with it and didn't want to do anything else. That's so dope. What about when you went back to Europe? What's uh, how's the closest? Isn't it like a snow dome the closest thing to Hamburg, or do you guys have good resorts close? Yeah, there was, or there is actually still a snow dome, which is called Bispingen, which is like an hour outside of Hamburg, just like on the countryside, which was sick that they ended up building it. But it kind of just started going when I was around 15 or 16. So I, I had already been snowboarding for around 10 years at the time the, the dome got built. Damn, that's sick. Well, I know that like we have the uh, maturity level of about like an eight-year-old. So I kind of want to uh, mention when we fly into Munich, a.k.a. Munchen, uh, the Osfart signs everywhere are just unbelievable. I'm just a big fan of those. Me too. Osfart. And I was kind of wondering if you could maybe grade me, Mikey, and Bob of who has the best German accent. All right, let's hear it, guys. Maybe Mikey, you want to take us away? Yeah, wunderbar. Uh, Osfart. Zwei <laughs> uh, Bier. Bitte? Domin Dominic Wagner. Yeah. Oh, super, super. <laughs> oh, yo, I love the pronunciation from all of you guys. Are we are it. we sounding like locals? Are, are we? we or no? Yeah, the aggressiveness is there. <laughs> I like it. It's pretty. Scheißen, Yeah, yeah. You guys are doing well. Scheißen, That might have been a little too aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. It's there. I've I, I can hear that you guys been over there and experienced it in person. Now, do you do you have like an Amer like? Can you do an American or like? I mean, you ha kind of sound like an American. Your accent's pretty good. I mean, I can try to be like doing this California accent. <laughs> pro pro it's pro probably probably pretty good. It's like you know, like like a lot of likes and probably I don't know. You, you sound like you're from Texas. I like really? the tight lip too. Yeah. <laughs> like your whole face changes. Okay, well let's let's go with the te kind of Texan like accent then. Do four sheer for us. Do a four sheer impersonation. Uh, you almost I, were there. I can't do it. Really? <laughs> okay. I mean, I can try a little longer if you want me to. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. It's Texas. Is that pretty good? It's Is Texas. Texas. It's for a for year sure. from Texas. Absolutely. That's dope. All right. So I, I heard you grew up like uh, you wrote for Atomic as a kid. Holy I, I know I'm jumping ahead. Am I jumping? Oh, dude, by the way, just like throw any like chronological. We're going to jump around. But I want to hear how you went from like falling in love with snowboarding, getting sponsored, all that, that, all that song and dance. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I need to ask you later who you got that information from that I was writing for Atomic. Um, yeah, we can take it back uh, to the Hamburg days. So as I said, I somehow got exposed to snowboarding very early on. And I just really, really loved it. Really loved it. I found it fascinating. I mean, I was seven years old, like having, having like subscriptions to snowboard magazines, you know, and I was living in the city, no mountains anywhere close. 
And um, I'd only get to snowboard in on vacations, like Christmas vacations or like a spring break or whatever. My parents would take me and, you know, we'd go ride somewhere, which was an absolute privilege. That was that was crazy. I'm so thankful for that. Um, so this local, there was a local kite surf slash skate slash snowboard shop in Hamburg um, that I'll, you know, every other <coughs> year would maybe get a board or some something, you know, something from the shop. And then um, the shop manager was like, hey, like to me and my dad, like, hey, next weekend, the Atomic Snowboard team is going to be in town and they're uh, going to build this like in-city, like mini big air ramp. I was like, holy shit, this is so sick. Like what? There's a ramp, there's snow in Hamburg. This is crazy. I need to go, right? So this one, I I believe this was like a Saturday. So that Saturday morning, my parents, my parents were divorced at the time. So my my dad would come and pick me up on, on that Saturday morning to take me there and I fully thought I could go ride you know like this is like a public thing I could just come and shred so I'm like there with my board under my arm and my boots I, I believe like laced up you know I'm like 10 or 11 and then my dad's like what are you doing like we're going snowboarding right and he's like no we're like going to watch snowboarding and like he's like kind of trying to be careful to not break my heart you know like tell me like you probably cannot ride I'm like well, I don't know, should we just try? Like, maybe I can, you know? So we go there and I'm just sitting there, like looking at these guys, like standing first row. And it's like a tiny, tiny jump and just like a like a barrier rail pretty much that they have at festivals, you know, at the bottom. It's mm-hmm. like the most shitty jump you can imagine. The rail wasn't even like put <coughs> in the snow properly. It was like all wiggly. And um, so I kind of got the feeling like, well, this is going to be hard for me to ride there. And then um, my dad was like, hey, if you really want to ride, just ask just asked this person this obviously like the tm at the time like i was like super tiny you know like hey man like can i can i come ride can i go ride he's like well give it a try and i actually did a back one first try and just landed it and he's like whoa this is dope like do you want to ride an atomic board for the rest of the day i'm like (laughs) hell yeah so it was this 148 (laughs) atomic women's board that was the smallest one they had on deck it's like over overhead high for me so i ended up shredding with the guys with that atomic board and just like sessioning whatever was there and then uh, ultimately, that that was the start of everything. That how it got rolling. That's amazing. Legendary. That is so sick. Child prodigy, ten years old, back one, serving them up. How sick was it when you got that first? Uh, when you got sponsored, like that, like free board, like that. It was it was crazy. I mean, I I honestly, it's, it's such a long time ago. I I can't pr- properly remember what the first board I was. I got for free, unfortunately. But how it went down is so that guy, Karsten Kermis, big shout out. I don't know if he'd ever listen to it. He's out of snowboarding now, but respect because I don't know if without him I'd be sitting here today, honestly. Um, after that given day in Hamburg, he's like, man, like you should come out to the Alps. We got this event going on in like two weeks. It's like they even have a youth category, which is like youth category, which is like under 16. You should just come out and shred. So actually my dad and me went down there, big respect for me, for him to take me down there, um, wrote the, wrote the contest and won the thing, won the U16 event. (laughs) I think it was like a back three, maybe, you know, like back then the level was pretty low, but for like a 10 year old, a back three off, like the biggest jump in the park was, I guess, good enough. So that was like the very, very beginning of how I got sponsored being a kid from Hamburg. Damn, dude! <laughs> Super. You, cool. you came out as a jumper. You were. Yeah, he's a big. Air. He's a big air Bob Blair. 
Well, I don't know. Not so much anymore these days. I got hurt jumping quite quite a few times in, in like big park jumps, so I was like kind of <coughs> chilling a bit on that stuff lately. But as a kid, I was definitely doing more jumping, yeah. Now, I have a question, um, you know, segue here. I uh, How did you meet Karsten? Karsten. Karsten, boys, another big shout-out. Bro, day one, bro. Um, Karsten and me met at the skate park in Hamburg when I was also, like, super, super young. I believe I was seven, he was eight, or I was six, he was seven. Um, it was actually inline skate contest. I'm not ashamed of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. We're inline skating. We're shredding it up. And, um, yeah, just become homies ever since. And, um, yeah, fast forward 20, 25 years later, he's filming, like, the main guy for doing nitro video stuff. And I'm still snowboarding and having the privilege to live from snowboarding, getting to travel. So, yeah, man, it's been a long run with Carson. Yeah, well, he's a legend, first of all. Second of all, we, we got a guest question from him we'll hit later. But I kind of want to stay on this blading topic because that's fun for me. Um, <laughs> I knew it. First, first question, um, have you been a victim of blade shaming? You know, blade, bladers get a lot of heat, you know. You, have, you, have you caught some flack for blading in um, your life? Not that I really remember getting some heat from it, but it was definitely like the skateboarders back then were like, what the fuck? Inline skating is whack. You know, this is so lame. So that sounds like a yes. That's blade chain. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's blade chain. Nobody, er it's, nobody. It's standard blade chain. <laughs> standard issue blade chain. <laughs> no one ever told me that to my face, but I was catching the vibe, you know? <clears throat> you might've been too young. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I got a take with blading. I'm, I'm pro blade. I'd like to take a firm stance. I'm, I'm pro blading. Okay. Why? Because nowadays you go to the skate park, they are it's like a dying art form. Mm -hmm. Like it's like you see a blader, it mm -hmm. is at least in this region, they are few and far in between, and you're like, damn, dude, respect. Yeah, yeah I feel that. You know, the only thing with the blades is you guys could chill out on the wax a little bit. I'm not blading anymore. I mean, Why are you I'm, looking at me? I mean, I'm just saying you're, you're, <laughs> you, I'm, you you're in the category. You're still if you ever did it, Chris is saying <laughs> you're you're forever. Yeah, you're oh, kind yeah. of yeah. You can't. That's a skeleton in your closet. So it's just saying. <laughs> okay, okay. You, have you ever noticed the bladers use a tremendous amount of wax? I do. Yeah. Did you use a lot of wax? I did. We also used butter and shit like that. If we didn't, <laughs> I didn't have any wax. <laughs> Damn. Does it does it get icy when you hit the butter? Uh, kinda. Well, my skate inline skating career, in a sense, or like. You know, I stopped very early. It, I kind of stopped when I was around 10 or something. Like around that time that I was getting hooked with atomic snowboards, I was around all these cool snowboarders. You know, there's no way that I could blade, right? Mm. And I was like, you know, trying to be cool and trying to fit in, you know, as an 11-year-old kid, you know, I was trying to hang out with the like older guys. And I always had a skateboard. I always liked it, but never really had friends that did it. And I just had Karsten from like 6 to 10 or 11. So we're just doing that. But then I got a little bit more into skateboarding and, well, just kind of became more my thing, I guess. You're nice on the skateboard these days. That's for Thanks, sure. Thanks, bro. I did hear one more thing before we move on from blading. Uh, the Nija, Nija kink, he grinded in the new uh, monster edit that's like the thumbnail, that monster kink. I heard you got up on that on the blades. I got up on it. Yeah, that's like a Hamburg classic. It's actually pretty funny. So this, <laughs> this video that I put out, the thumbnail of the video... You know, when you go on YouTube or whatever, it's that rail. It's like the Hamburg, like, classic mega kink. 
Mm-hmm. And we, we've known that thing forever. It's like in our backyards in a sense. So we'd always go there and mess around, even though we're way too small to actually like have the, the hops to get on it. But yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. We both kind of grinded it to the end, I think, yeah. Respect, dude. Respect. You beat jaw to that thing. <laughs> All right, so where'd you go from... You, you got on Atomic. You uh, s- started killing it. And then what did it look like? Because it seems like you were, I heard you were riding a pipe contest when you were younger. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it was kind of difficult, me being in Hamburg, going to just a regular school, right? Nobody around had anything to do with snowboarding. I'm just this kid that's, like, getting free product and be living in the city. Um to get enough time on the board. So we kind of got in touch with this national team and they're pretty down to support me. And back then the only Olympic discipline was half pipe. There's no such thing as slope style or like national, national teams training their, their, uh, their, their riders to become like good at jumping or whatever. So it was only half pipe, but to me it was like a reason to get out of school and just to spend more time on the board. So I'd go like on the vacation or like on the holidays we had just on these uh, trips or camps or whatever with the national team just to spend time on the board but it was basically just half pipe and um, after two years or so they decided to do a summer camp in New Zealand I think I was 15 or 16 at the time I was like holy shit mom like I get to go to New Zealand it was snow park uh, a snow park back then not Cardrona mm-hmm. and I've, I think I believe the white album had just come out or whatever with all the footage from it I was like wow or like some video yeah probably white album yeah, something along the lines. I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. I get to go there. And all we did was ride half pipe, the super icy half pipe from like 8 in the morning to 11. And they told us, hey, af- hey, afterwards you get to ride this cool park over there. You get to ride rails. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to just go over to the park, right? I mean, I did like riding half pipe, but not as much as doing the slope side stuff. Dislocated my shoulder and just came home and was so frustrated. was so over it. And then eventually quit quit the team and just start doing my own thing or like following my own lane mm-hmm. what was your first uh when did you get into filming well so filming karsten and me did a bunch of like little indoor edits um around that bisping snowdome which was cool we used to call it fridgy fridays inspired yep. by sunday in the park every friday we'd try to put out a little edit <laughs> probably no one has ever seen them but to us it felt pretty cool to do something um, yeah, and then I think when I was 17 or 18, um, I had switched from Atomic to Nitro already, and Nitro was inviting me to do, like, join a couple street missions here and there just around the Alps, which was, like, more accessible to me instead of flying somewhere. That was unheard of at the time for me, to fly somewhere and hit street spots. And then right at the year when I finished high school, Nitro was doing a video called The Road Warriors with Dominic Wagner and Mark Svoboda. Big shout out to those two. Mega shout out, actually, um, because they kind of took me under their wing. They've been doing it a little longer than me, and I was just like this little grom. Like, I mean, I was 18, so it was my first time being exposed to street spots, and we flew up to Helsinki and just got like the first introduction of streetboarding up there, and it it was the best thing ever. It was so fun. I didn't want to do anything else. I felt like... This is the place I I belong. This is what I want to do. Amazing. Well, you mentioned Dominic Wagner. We happen to have a guest question from that legend. Here we go. (laughs) Hey, Benny. This is Dom. Um, uh, What's up with your graffiti career? Like, I heard back in the days you were were out there quite a bit. Um, Yeah. 
tell us something about that, please. <laughs> See you guys soon. Love you all. Bye-bye. Yeah, Dom. Love you too, bro. Um, yeah, Hamburg is a bit of a different place for sure when it comes to, you know, street life, I guess. Um, I mean, it's cool where we lived. It was it was a safe place and everything. We we're just out in the suburbs. But um, I was definitely exposed to some some gnarlier shit too or some shit that you just see in like bigger cities. And I had a bunch of friends that were skating that were super into graffiti and I caught a vibe or like I was kind of into it for a little while and we're 16, I believe. And um, yeah, just like been tagging on like power boxes or whatever. And then this one evening we tried to take it to the, to a next level. I was like, all right, we're going to paint this train tonight. And we're like all so super excited. And I went to, went over to stay at my homie's place. It was like four or five homies staying at his friend at, at his place. And we're like, oh, we, right. We're going to go to this, to this train yard tonight and going to paint this train. But it was a train that was supposed to get in, right? It wasn't there yet. So we're standing at this at this train yard and waiting for the train to arrive. It doesn't arrive, doesn't arrive, doesn't arrive. So we walk back home, super frustrated, super annoyed, like tagging all these power boxes on the way home because we just like had all these cans that we bought and like, fuck, we need to like do something with them, right? And then all of a sudden I see this head poking out behind one of the power boxes like down the street. I was like, dude, did, did you guys see that? Did you guys see that? And they're like, no, what? And before I could even tell them what I saw, four or five huge ass dudes come around the corner just running at us, tackling us down and arresting us, like face to the ground, hands behind the back, just like in handcuffs. Damn, so that's, that's a short rundown. When you say big dude in Germany, dude. just for the, I mean, go to Germany when a dude's big, they're fucking huge. Massive. What, what age are we talking? It's probably 16. Whew. Whew. Yeah, that was brutal, brutal experience. Did you go to like, jail or what did they do to you yeah they locked us up in a cell that night just at the police station it was a pretty pretty wild experience and i guess in the car like in the in the on the drive to the station they already had told us like hey you guys can call your parents to get picked up or whatever i was like fuck i don't want my parents to find out about this i'm just gonna <laughs> wait it out you know <laughs> dumbest idea ever so i got to spend the whole stupid night in the cell and then they finally found the number of my mom's place or like, and they called her and she picked me up at like seven in the morning or whatever, straight up started laughing. Just looked at me like, you're so stupid. You idiot. What, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so was that the end of your career? That, that's right when it ended. That was when it ended. Okay. Yeah. What was your name? Yeah. What was your name? That's like a good question. Bob. Yeah. It was called Hirn, which is H-I-R-N, which basically means brain. I guess just the just the words. Or I mean the the letters. I thought looked cool together. It didn't really have a deeper sense of meaning. You were the brains of the operation. No, the I, the I wish. I wish. <laughs> well, right. speaking of brains, we got a good thing we're gonna get into here, and this is uh, it's called uh, Run Through a Wall Trivia. We Welcome to Run Through a Wall Trivia. It's a new segment of the show, Benny. It's uh, called Run Through Wall Trivia, presented by Run Through Wall Smelling Salts. You get the question wrong, you get a buzzer, and you got to do a smelling salt. Have you done one before? No, so that's perfect. I get to do like 10. (laughs) Yep. We'll see. You know, we went kind of easy on you, but uh, the idea is that this is kind of like rapid fire. What do you got? Five seconds? Five seconds. And I'll be timing tightly. Wow. 
So if you don't get it in five seconds, we buzzer smelling salt, and we keep it moving. Okay. We kind of want it to be like semi-fast pace, you know what I'm saying? Has anybody ever done more than three smelling salts yes. at once? Because there is like a shitload of smelling salts. <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, there is. But we're good. Everything is USDA approved, <laughs> organic. Yeah, this bowl's tripping me out. Yeah, we're, well, you're going to have to run through a bunch. So we, And every time you get it wrong, you got to crack a new one. Okay. Okay, here we go. All right, this is Run Through Wall Trivia. All right, Bob, if you could shut the fuck up for two seconds, I'm trying to do a question. Okay, let me just mute. I got to mute Bob. I'm going to mute Bob. I'm going to play God right now. Oh, he's three. All right, we just muted Bob. We're good. Okay. All right, the, the, here we go. The Alpine region of Europe includes Austria, Italy, Liechtenstein, France, Germany, Monaco, Slovenia, and what neutral country? Switzerland. That's correct. Damn it. Dominic Wagner has a go-to trick on a down bar. What is it? There's a few, but it's going to be the back one. That's correct. Damn it. Okay. Dominic Wagner's birthday is... Oh, fuck. I'm so bad with birds, Five, birthdays. Four, oh, three, I'm sorry, bro. I two, still love you. One. It's in February. Right. You it's, got February. it's actually no, Jan- January, January 6th. You got to oh hit a smelling God. salt. Oh, fuck. Crack it. D- Dom, that's for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I do? I crack Just it? pinch it, and then, yeah, crack it, and then give it a smith, sniff. Oh, oh, he went in. <laughs> he went in. Okay, oh, yeah. diesel Shit. fuel originated oh. from experiments from the compression ignition Engine invented in 1892 by Rudolf Diesel. What nationality is Mr. Diesel? Five, I'm going to say four, German, but I damn, that's missed correct. half of the question. That's correct. Correct. That's tripping correct. On okay. If you're at a location in France, Germany, or several other European countries, which fast food place lets you order a beer with your quarter pounder? Sorry, can you repeat that? I'm Five, still tripping on four, the salt. three... I'm just going to say Austria. (laughs) 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 The answer is McDonald's. (laughs) Oh, what the fuck? Uh, Which shipping company... (laughs) Wait, wait. He's got to hit another salt. You got to hit another salt. Oh, the thing. You're supposed to be in pain while this is happening. Which shipping company based in Germany is part of the Deutsche Post and delivers over 1.6 packages a year to Europe and beyond? DHL? That's correct. Correct. Wow. Okay, using sugar, a marble block, a brick oven, a copper kettle, and a rolling pin, what chewy candy was invented in 1922 by Hans Riegel? Haribo. Correct. Boom. Uh, which German snowboarder was 2004 <laughs> Snowboarder of the Year? David Benedict. Oh. Okay. This German rock band surely is one of the most successful bands in the world. They have existed for nearly 30 years now, and they're really famous. Their songs include number one hits like Wind of Change and Still Loving You. They five, are called five, four, three, two. Uh, one. Time. The Scorpions. Oh. Hit another smelling salt. You got to get in there. Oh, that was David Hasselhoff. Don't the Germans love David? That's going to be embarrassing. They I just love said Rumstein. Okay. You kind of yeah, look like go David Okay. And last question. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is Mikey LeBlanc's first sponsor? This is the unanswerable one. Five, four. Three. It's not M2. Three, one. The correct answer is Yang Clothing. <laughs> Yang Obviously. Clothing. <laughs> Obviously. Duh. Do you, you, yeah. la- you smack the last one? You got to no, go one more. Holy. Wow. <clears throat> Yang Clothing. So that was our skunk insurance to make sure that you hit at least one. What did Yang Clothing make? Besides, like outerwear? Yeah, outerwear. Oh, yeah. This Wendy one's for Powell. you, Mikey. 
throw me that extra. I'll take a hit of that. Yeah, let's all do. Let's all go. Let's pop one. Come on, boys. Pop them off. Bob, you need take one. Take the platter. Take the platter. All right. You know what I want to talk about? Um, I think it's this is a fun topic. Uh, totally derailing from your story here. But the the <coughs> well, hang on. Holy guys. shit. Oh, that's a good batch. Oh, oh God. Batch. Those things are heavier than batch. Batch. Those, Those are strong. I mean, oh. it's for like, it's like waking you up, waking up your respiratory system. Hockey players use it. We use it. When it's people a great get product. Knocked out, they put it in front of their nose. So to you wake up in the morning and hit this to get focused for the show. I mean, we hit a lot of them. Yeah, we ripped through them. Definitely went in on the first. Yeah, how was your first smelling salt experience, yeah. man? Uh, pretty intense, man. I missed like half of the questions. Yes, after. that's the idea. That's the idea. Your that's eyes idea. opened about 40% higher, more than normal. Okay, good. I like how you kept hitting them just as hard, too. It seemed like mm-hmm. from a I mean, that's Yeah, you didn't back off. You didn't learn your no. lesson. No, bad at that. All right, let's talk, let's talk Audubon. Explain what the Audubon is for the listeners that they don't know. Okay, so the Audubon is basically... Um, just the name for highway in Germany. So any part of the highway we call Autobahn, it's just our highway in a sense. And I guess it just ha- has gotten the image of the Autobahn is that one that one street or one road or whatever you can go as fast as you want. There's no speed limit. So on our highways in Germany, there's just certain parts that don't have a speed limit where you can just go as fast as you want. But then there's parts of the highway where it's like 100 or 120 kilometer speed limit. So what do you feel like with the efficiency of flowing of traffic in Germany versus America? Um, well, the highways aren't as big. And in the cities, at least, the cities are built a bit more to use public transportation as well. So here, for example, in Salt Lake, there's not so much public transportation. So I guess the roads, uh, they just need to be wider and bigger to fit all the cars, right? It's this, it's a city f- that you have to move around in the car, really. Mm-hmm. So there's for sure differences. And also, I think the cities in, in Europe, at least, are a lot older. So back in the days, people didn't have cars. So it was all a bit more uh, compressed or like smaller, just tighter, tighter distances. Yeah, so you don't need a vehicle to go around. Yeah. My one observation I thought was wild with the Germans and the Autobahn was like, like the efficiency of like left lane all the way to right lane where like the left lane is flying going like 200 miles an hour yeah. and then it was a little bit slower a little bit slower if you're all the way to the right lane you're creeping and it's like it, it's just like a, I remember being like so impressed by the efficiency of traffic moving because of understanding that the left lane is the fast lane yeah yeah for yeah for sure I mean, for example, when you do your driver's license, you have to hit the highway on the on the exam or like on the test day. And for example, if you stay in the middle lane for too long, you're not gonna get your license. You're gonna you're gonna miss, right? Or how do you say like you're not fail? Yeah, you're gonna fail exactly. So you, the idea is just to stay right the entire time. So technically, on the furthest right lane. But if you want to overtake someone in front of you, you go to the middle lane. And if you're on the middle lane, you want to overtake that person, you go to the left, but you're not supposed to stay either in the middle or the very last uh, left lane. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's basically the rundown or the concept of the autobahn. It, it makes for a lot less traffic. It's There's a lot of Because res- you don't have to worry about someone passing you on the right. Yeah. You only ever get passed on the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right here, you just get passed any lane, really. Yeah, that's, that's kind of sketch when people pass on the right. That just... 
It's yeah. super common here. I mean, people don't have the level of respect. And you guys also flash your lights when someone's like, when someone True. and you pull over. It's True. not like an ego thing. You just get out of their way, right? It's a pretty, pretty aggro move, though. I personally don't like to do it. Mm. Just like get really close to the person in front of you and flash the lights. It's like, oh, come on, like, take it easy. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time you came to the States, or at least from when I met you, mm -hmm. we drove from Salt Lake to Minnesota and you were tripping because you were like I haven't been in the car longer than two hours or three uh, hours like where are we going yeah this is this that was I remember that trip very vividly that was a that was a long ass drive I remember I mean to, to me at the time I think the longest drive I've ever been on for sure how long is that drive like 18 hours or some shit and the weather was super shitty so it was so slow moving yeah and we had like 35 people or something so imagine that like every hour like can we take a pee break can we get snacks it's just not we're not making any distance <laughs> now i want to run back because you wrote for atomic how'd you get on nitro so nitro i got on when i was 16 after being on atomic for like four or five years and nitro at the time was just you know it's a german company which is super sick and um they're still privately owned, so it's very like very familiar and very personal at the brand. And it was just south of Munich, where the headquarters are from. Um, and I met the guy that was doing the team for Germany. And he's like, "Hey, man, like we're trying to build this team um, with a bunch of like up and comers. Would you be interested in joining?" And at the time, I, I was trying to be super loyal with Atomic, and I know I loved what they had going. They were called Atomic Mafia back in the days and I just I just felt very at home there but the program started to slowly fade out not not they were not stopping yet but they're like doing a little less little less and Nitro was just going off they had team shoots all this and I felt like fuck this is probably a better home for me because I can keep boarding there's mo more happening and ultimately that got me to the point where I was invited to go on my first street trip so I'm super super thankful or super uh, glad that I that I made the switch I guess mm -hmm. yeah killer i love that i think that's the thing that's cool to talk about too is coming up as a euro versus coming up from the states uh do you feel like it's harder coming up being from europe and trying to quote unquote make it i mean to quickly answer the question i'd say yes um but i guess it, it's you have to define like what's making it i guess in like, I mean, make it on, dude, like the global pro team, for example, if that's what your goal is, right? Yeah. You know? For sure. I think you have to, you know, there are so many crews in Germany or in the Alps or in Central Europe that had a lot of, like, a lot of good stuff going on and a lot of cool things happening. But on a bigger scale, I'd say, like, internationally, it was pretty hard to break out of it, I'd say, you know? Because um, the industry, quote unquote, is here the biggest industry. The country is so big. There's so many, so many people, so many riders, and the market just overall is so much, so much bigger here in the U.S. I think or North America. So to me, like, I was, I always felt very connected to the snowboarding that was happening in North America. You know, street snowboarding. Like, I mean, the videos Mikey has been in like 20 years ago. You know, that was the stuff that first really. Uh, you know, I connected with co compared to the stuff that was going on in Europe. So I always, I always tried to do the type of snowboarding. I wanted to do the type of snowboarding that was going on here. And then, um, 
yeah, a few years later, I, I found a very, very cool platform where I was able to showcase a little bit of my snowboarding on an international level, I guess. And um, yeah, maybe we, we can get into that too in a bit. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk about one of our sponsors, Bubs Naturals. You've heard us talk about the collagen. Uh, big news here. Bubs Naturals has hydrate or die. It's an electrolyte drink mix. It helps you hydrate and recover quickly with no added sugars. There's over 2,000 milligrams of powerful electrolytes from nature, not from a lab. It's currently available in three flavors, lemon, orange, and USDA organic coconut. There's five times the electrolytes than a normal sports drinks, six natural ingredients, no sugar added, vegan, 100% NSF for sport certified. Uh, basically, the thing that's amazing is you drink a little bit of water on a daily basis, you throw some of this in there. I drink like two, three X the water. I just chug water. I'm staying hydrated out here thanks to Bub's Naturals. Hydrate or die. And uh, we got a special announcement. Anyone that uses promo code BOMBHOLE, B-O-M-B-H-O-L-E, all caps, on bubsnaturals.com will be prompted to receive a free exclusive collaborative mug at checkout while supplies last. So head on over to bubsnaturals.com, get yourself some collagen, some electrolyte mix, and use promo code BOMBHOLE at checkout, and you will get a free mug. All right, we're back. We also got a special announcement. Uh, our runner of show, our producer, Silk D. Uh, he's got his own camera angle now. Let's give a, let's give a round of applause for yes, Silk D. Yes, Silk. It's kind of makeshift, but uh, we're going to have the Silk angle from here on out. He's the guy running the show back there. Silk, how you feeling? Feeling good. Love that. Okay. Silk angle's on the scene. All right, where were we? Um, I think we should get into... I'm curious how you made it into the Given videos. Yeah, that was a that was a really really sick coincidence in a way. Um, so I had met Keegan when I was sixteen. There was like a Groms TV event at Mammoth that um, I got to go through my sessions sponsorship that I had when I was a kid. And um, so I briefly met met Keegan back then, and then him and Forrest were coming through Munich for this Aaron Style Rail Jam they had in uh, I don't know 2010 I believe and that was my first year like filming street stuff up in up in Finland and like bouncing back between Finland and, uh, and Munich so um, I run into him and he's like yo like I think we know each other and like start briefly talking like were you in Mammoth like yeah man like I think I know you too like what's up like what are you doing and obviously like I was a big fan already he had ha just had that Burton part and the Burton B movie I believe or that was called Burton B, I yeah. think. When it he frontboarded that huge kink rail into the woods? Yeah, and I think he also did this super sick um, back blunt to 70 on this closeout or front. I can't remember, but it was it was very imp impressive boarding, and I was like definitely like super hyped on his stuff. So he was at this rail jam, and we we're talking. He's like, "Hey, like, I think we're gonna go to Helsinki next week. What are your plans? Have you been there?" And I was like, I "I've actually just been there." And he's like, well, do you want to come with? We're filming for this project that we've just started, um, and we'd love to have you. And I'm like, like, what? Like, really? You're just asking me, like, these American, like, in my head, like, superstar snowboarders, you know, that I'm fanning out on, asking me to come on a trip. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'd love to, <laughs> you know? So I went with them and then ended up, like, filming for a given, given one. So... Big shout out to Keegan and big shout out to Butters for having me on this trip. Um, that was huge for me. That was huge. Special time. So, what is your what's the chronological uh, video part 
B Herbs timeline look like? So the very first one would be, I guess, uh, Nitro Road Warriors. Then uh, Given, if you can call it a part. I mean, I had some footage in there. Then uh, some Ison 7 stuff, more Nitro stuff, um, leading up to 2032, where I ended up meeting Meyer on this trip to Germany, uh, to Europe. Oh, well, yeah, Germany, Austria, France, and uh, Bulgaria into... Um, more nitro stuff into Vance videos and then doing our own thing, yeah. Let's talk 2032. That was fun. That was cool, yeah. We filmed for the same video, I guess. You, you were in that? Yeah, I was in it. I don't remember that part. I remember <laughs> Benny's part. <laughs> <laughs> Chris had an opener. <laughs> right? You got an opener in that part? Bob, I used to be pretty good. <laughs> I usually skip first part. <laughs> so I didn't see you. <laughs> That was a hell of a year, though. Fun winter. Um, and then we just, we had a just a premiere tour that was just a devastating for the liver and everything else, right? <laughs> I mean, you were on the second leg, but we did we did a 15-day Euro tour. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a wild one for sure. It was mm-hmm. crazy. Joe was on it, too. Oh you God. and Joe. Yeah, Holy, we, that, that was intense. That was intense 15 days. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. We both almost wanted to get like checked into a mental hospital because we were drinking every night like heavy for 30 days. Mm. And this is like day 18 when we linked up with these guys. How was yeah. the last day before you went home? How'd you feel? Dude, I was like, I was like an alcoholic. Like, if I didn't drink, I would get the shakes. Like, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you're like, I need to take an edge off. Yeah. Like, I was fully like, so not good, but fun. Anyway, great video. Benny has a great part. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I remember like the, the amount of times we. Went to the premiere and like you hear the in between intro song. It's like, dee, 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 oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, very repeti- very repetitive. It's like you have like nightmares of that from the premiere tour. <laughs> no more. Are true. Are true. No more. Yeah, those are fun times. And then, so what made you go? Because you wrote for thirty two outerwear and boots, and then you made the switch to Vans. How did that come about? Yeah, so I mean, for me, getting the chance to film for 2032 as a you know young European was pretty big, and um, so I think Joe Sexton was the one mentioning me to Meyer because Meyer was directing the video or like doing the major part of the filming and like the man behind the scenes in a way. Um, so Joe wanted to do a pow trip to Ger- or like to uh, sorry to the Alps. So he's like, well, we should link up with someone from around there. And I think Joe brought up my name in front of Meyer. And I had not, I had not met Meyer uh, until then. So they came over and I linked up with Joe, Meyer, J.P. Walker, and Harrison Gordon. And Fire crew. That was so fucking <laughs> cool to be in the mix. And then, yeah, the trip went well. And I connected with Meyer and Meyer was actually the one asking me to film for VG the the year after. So another huge shout out. I mean, there's so many people to thank, but Meyer is a huge, a huge one um, for making it happen in a way for me, you know, to be exposed to the international snowboard scene or the North American snowboard scene, I guess, and giving me a platform, you know, to be part of. That was sick. What was the video after 2032, the VG video? It was called Visitors? Yeah, that was Visitors. Okay. VG Visitors. Sick. Eater. And then uh, that wasn't real snow year, was it? No, real snow was, I think, two years later. Hmm. Two years how'd, later. How'd you like filming for VG? It was cool, man. I mean, VG or like filming for VG and hanging out with Meyer, filming with Meyer, 
made me decide to come to Salt Lake and actually like post up and, and live here for a little while. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was a great time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about it. So we're talking video parts. Uh, Canute, who is, uh, I don't know, what is his role at Nitro? He's a legendary human. He's the man that does it all, everything. Yeah. He's the, so all your kids direct message, all your sponsor me tapes to Canute, uh, Eliason. <laughs> Hit him with the DM. <laughs> Lots of DMs. Personal account. He's looking <laughs> to sign a ton of athletes. Uh, but he has a, he has a great uh, guest question here. Uh, here we go. What up, bombhole? What up, Benny? Yeah, I'm on trampoline. And I got a question for you, Benny. How many video parts have you had? You've had more video parts than most. And how important and how relevant is a video part today? What's your thoughts on that, dude? I got my opinion, but I know you got your opinion. Benny, hyped you on the bomb hole. Can't wait to listen to the rest. Now, back to trampolining. Woo! <laughs> yeah, Knut, love you, man. Um, big shouts. Thanks for the question. Um, I honestly, I had to think about this. I don't know. I don't know how many video parts I had because there was a phase where I was just like working on projects for several different brands or like companies that I was writing for. And they're not necessarily in my head, at least considered as full video parts. You know, I take a good chunk out of my season to focus on, let's go to Japan for two weeks to film on this Vans Europe project. And I'd get like a handful of clips or like six or seven clips or whatever that went in there. And then I did a set like several of those projects, but wasn't necessarily committing an entire season into a video part, which thinking back would have been nice to see it all in one place. But I guess it's just what companies, you know, were asking the writers to do. So I, I helped on board and that was just what's what was going on for me. So, I mean, video parts, it must be like around 10 ish. I'd say if you'd say like if a real snow part is a video part, you know, for example, a real snow. Did you reuse the footage or something else? Though? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we're trying to be aware of not over like double using things too much, but we'd use like a clip or two again for sure. And then part two, I liked was he was kind of asking what is the importance of video parts in this day and age? Are they relevant? Things like that, I think, is what he was asking. Yeah, yeah true. So the second part of Knut's question, for sure. I think video parts, in my head, are super important. I mean, it's uh, it's like an, an artist releasing an album, right? So you ultimately get to show everything about your taste, your approach, your spot selection, your tricks, your music, like what you stand for, what you really want to showcase, and what you want to contribute to snowboarding, right? Which is so much more than just having footage somewhere. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, people don't think it's important, but to me, it's one of the most beautiful things in snowboarding, like watching someone's video part. I think it's the most, the most, to me, most important and most beautiful thing in snowboarding, video parts. I have a question now. I like to talk about on the show, we talk about the opus, which is your, like, your, your beautiful part, the part, the one that you want, that you lust after, that you dream of. Uh, do you feel like you filmed your opus yet? Or do you feel like it's still in front of you? Where are you at with your opus? I don't have it yet. I don't have it. I mean, I wish I would have committed full seasons into filming a video parts, into video, a, a video part, where I think, I mean, if all this footage would have gone into one, that might have been as good as I can do it, you know? But 
just how circumstances were, I didn't have that opportunity. So I definitely do not have it yet. I'm going to try to work on it. We'll see if I get the chance to in the future. But um, yeah, maybe. Let's see. Now, now listen to you describe the video part. It seems like you have a particular taste of what makes a good video part, the intangible flavor that goes into the cauldron that is the video part that you love or the video that you love. What are, what are the ingredients to a fire seggy? Dude, I mean, there's so many ways to go about it, but I mean, personality, you know, like your video parts, for example, I've always been a big fan. I've loved them because there's always so much personality in it. And then of course the writing speaks for itself, but I feel like the foundation of like the personality that shines through with, of course, the spot selection and the trick selection on the spot selection is really important. Like, I don't necessarily care about the hardest trick being done. I just like something that speaks to me, you know, something that, you know, like gives me a feeling where like, oh my God, that was so steep or like that was, that was it, you know, like so jealous of that spot. And then on top of that, that specific trick, like kind of what Dan was talking about the other episode that, that puts it down. That That's it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting looking at the evolution of snowboarding because you look like early days of video parts it's just like big jumps they're shoveled like shit you know people are flying off of stuff like rails are just kind of like you just like go down them and if you make it to the end they're good then it's like things are getting bigger and bigger bigger and more tech and there's it's just like hard there's an era of like just do the hardest trick on the rail it doesn't matter what you're wearing it does just like hard yeah. tricks it doesn't even matter if you do it well yeah just like do a hard trick and go to the end and then it kind of went like breezy where you're going roof gap to like landing on a fucking bobcat you know what i mean like you're talking <laughs> renting heavy equipment to put a 40 foot pile of snow in a landing when you're like okay maybe we should dial it back down a little bit yeah and then you kind of get into like i would say vans is maybe the the uh leader in the the trend that we're seeing now which is like kind of uh almost like less is more would you would you agree with that kind of like like simpler tricks done tastefully at great spots with good style for sure i 100 percent agree and i've got to be straight straightforward and honest like in the in the beginning like let's say seven years ago or so eight years ago it was kind of hard to wrap my head around that like why to make it easier right because like in a way it's like oh well like this is a sick spot it's in the middle of nowhere it's in the flat let's just use a winch right like cool let's do it right but it doesn't really speak too too many people i think because it's like so not approachable and i love the trend of something that's a bit more approachable for people right like looking for natural speed stuff and making it easier in a way but also way more challenging because finding something that has natural speed for example is way more difficult than just hitting a rainbow that's in the flat right so i kind of love the trend and i also love the challenge in itself which i've tried to apply in my snowboarding lately quite a bit and I hope it shows because I've definitely been on the winch and bungee program for a while. And I just like snowboarding with, with snow and in hills way more these days. <laughs> so are you a spot approach guy? Are you a Google Maps guy? Are you a geographic-y? Like, oh, this has got some hills. What's your what's your program there? I mean, I used to up grow I, I used to grow up going on snowboard trips where there's no Google mapping really or no street view. So I'm like kinda OG with that, I gotta say. And I I like the feeling and the creativeness of getting to a place and like make working your way around with just getting there. It's so much more exciting than like, oh shit, like let's go to this town, take a left here and a right there. And I already know what's there. 
it definitely helps to have pins. I do it too. I, I map, you know, like an evening before we go on a trip, but I definitely wouldn't spend all summer just mapping because it kind of is not that exciting for me. And I love the, I love the, yeah, the feeling, the feeling you get showing up to a new place and just like finding something is fucking the best. You know, you get there and like, oh, like what? We come up on this and then you're so fired up and snowboarding feels so much more fun too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thrill of the hunt is awesome. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's nice to have a blend these days, I feel like, because when you go on those rail trips and you're just driving in circles, I've been on trips with you, Mikey, Ten where hours. you lose your sanity. Everybody And loses. every corner we turn, you're like, handrail, yeah. handrail. Yeah. Everyone in the car is looking around like, whoa, what, there's a rail, there's a rail. Yeah. Where Google at least <laughs> yeah, like yeah. takes you to a spot, and then on the way, you're like finding some shit there. Yeah. So it kind of keeps the crew sanity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. True. That's the way to do it. Yeah. How's going on a trip with Bob? Dude, I mean, same as doing a podcast with Bob. It's hella fun. <laughs> <laughs> We've had lots of good trips together. You know, something I will say, like, Benny is always so stoked on the photo that, and I maybe this is like a European thing as well, but I feel like Europeans and yourself included in this are always so stoked on the photo so, like, you'll want to work on the photo. You'll be like, oh, let me see the photo. Okay, I'm going to do it, like, a little bit better. Oh, like, maybe if I change this. Like, we work together. It's a pretty collaborative process. And I feel like in this day and age, I mean, this is probably just my perspective as a photographer. feels like nobody really gives a fuck about photos anymore. So it's nice when you go out with people that want to get a photo. The shit's dope. Yeah, I was going to say, did you ever experience it differently? <laughs> differently with what? Well, like, to me, I was going to say, like, to us, like growing up with Dom and Mark, you know, like boarding, it was kind of just as important, right? Like we'd do tricks over again just to get the photo and like, you know, do it a little bit more different, you know, like focus on, like I don't know, like towards the end of the spot or whatever, like you're shooting at, at the end of the spot and you really like focus on pressing it like super hard at the end of the rail, for example, you know, and that kind of stuff. So I, I guess it's just like the way I was like growing up or like getting introduced to, to snowboarding and filming and shooting, so... So the photo was equally as important to you as I think so, yeah. Filming, yeah. yeah. I can feel that. I have to disagree on that, but you know, that's good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. It's hard to get a nice frame of Grenier. I'm sorry. He stopped calling me. Maybe it was my fault, but I mean, I'm going to say it's his fault. Oh, I lost his number real quick. I, got, I, I was way too big time for Bob. I couldn't be. Couldn't I be was just like, yo, can you like button up that ste a little bit? Like, can we get a good photo here? I mean, I've been shoveling for hours. <laughs> The best move is when you're like, there's like some big ass filmer in frame or something, and you're like, the photog's like, hey man, after you land it, will you go back and you mind hitting it a couple times to get the photo? And you're like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, I got you. You land the trick, you're like, dude, I am not hitting that no matter fucking what. You can't pay me to hit that. I'm not going back up there. I just got my shit. Yeah, that's how I operated. Mm-hmm. I, what's this with you splitboarding with the bungee? Can you can you give me some intel about you going splitboarding with the bungee? <laughs> Splitboarding with a bungee? What is he talking about? Oh, splitboarding oh. with a bungee. That's okay, the note he gave me. Okay, well, that's not technically correct. What he's saying that I splitboarded with a bungee. So, Nitra did this trip to the Lofoten Islands in Norway. I think that's what he's talking about. So we're doing the splitboarding trip to Norway. I've never splitboarded in my life before. We show up. The conditions were absolutely terrible. First day we hike up, or like we split or we ski up. <laughs> we ski up this crazy peak 
which was so gnarly. Like I was looking at everyone around me like, is this normal? Is this okay? This seems so sketchy. This is so dangerous. People turned around like this is too crazy. But I saw Brian, Knud, Bob, they're all in front of me, like on the top, I guess, on the peak already. And like, oh, this looks insane. The light is hitting so beautifully up there. Like I got to make it up there. So we go up there and just have this insane view of the islands. And, you know, the mountains basically come straight out of the ocean. It's, it's so gorgeous up there. Uh, but at the same time, it was the worst splitboarding experience or like, I've ever had. I think I split board it maybe once after that, and that's like six years ago. So that was a crazy introduction. So I was like on that trip, like, okay, I'm not going to do this stuff for like the next 10 days while we're here. And then luckily, Busty Kuhn, big shout out to my homie from Germany. He works for Nitro. He drove up there from Germany to Norway, to the islands with the RV, and he luckily brought a bungee. And there was like a couple really cool looking spots in that little town down there. Like, fuck, like the weather is shit, the conditions are shit, and we really don't want to go splitboarding. Should we just hit this spot, you know? It's like this big, cool-looking yellow tank. Bob was there. We are shooting a like a front blonde stall, I think. It was, it was super fun, but it's like a bungee spot in the flat where we just talked about it. But it was kind of like, let's save the day and do something cool or like something fun. So we ended up doing that. So I think that's what Knut's relating to. Mm. Mm. Did, you hit the, did you hit the spot on a splitboard? I like honestly can't remember because nobody had regular boards, right? Uh, I think it was a normal boat, but could have been kind of sick actually to hit it on a split board. <laughs> I got a, I got a hard hitting question for you. Did the blading help with the split boarding when you were going up? Is that like, <laughs> dude? I wish it didn't. It didn't help anything. It didn't translate. He put oh. some butter on those skins. That low phone trip was the shit though, because it it rained a lot, but it was wild because. Everybody showed up, and over half the people had never splitboarded. And that day you were talking about, I remember it was like solid ice, like the scariest shit going up. And Canute's just dragging all these people up that have never been splitboarding. It's so fucking icy. People are almost just like sliding backwards down the hill. Exactly. And he just has like 80 pounds on his back. He's just like, come on, guys, let's go. This is awesome. Boom. Canute's a beast. You know, he can do it, but half of the squad couldn't really do it. There's a lot of broken splitboards on that trip. Maybe focused on purpose so that they didn't have to split port again could be could be it's not for everyone you know (laughs) like you say it's for people eating granola crunchy people griff loved that trip that really probably sparked griff's splitboarding love i'd imagine he was a god out there yeah he was i mean in that moment i'm terrible at fucking splitboarding i looked like half decent like Mm -hmm. i knew what was up I can only imagine the amount of unsolicited advice happening going up to skin trail from Griff. <laughs> <laughs> Just breathe. Keep breathing. We'll get to the top. It's going to be beautiful up there. Have some raw cashews. <laughs> Enjoy the journey. It was beautiful up there, though. It was worth the squeeze. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what the hell you guys are even talking about. <laughs> Like what? Where is the exact region? Lofoten is in Norway, so it's super oh, far it. north, okay, and it's it. you drive from these islands to islands, and there's the fjords, yep. and then from the fjords, the mountains just shoot out. So this so is probably super late spring or something. Yeah, it was really pretty. Yeah, yeah, it was like around this time of the year, like end of May or something. The days were so long, like you could split board or hit spots with split boards, depending on what you're up for. Up for to like eleven in the evening it was it was sick. 
Seems like you guys got a good vibe over at Nitro. You guys do fun team trips. You got canoe. You got Bob. You work over there. Yeah. What's your role? Uh, pff, photographer guy. You know, is he a team manager? Benny, sort of team manager. Yeah, he's doing a lot of things. How's he doing over that? You're doing some L1 stuff as L1 well, right? L1 team managing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How is he? As, how is he as a team manager? Does he get you the product you need? Well, I haven't asked Bob for any product yet, but the other like the other time I was here this year, he hit me just like, "Yo, you got to come over to the foundry. I got a board for you." So he's taking care of us. Mm. He's taking care of us. Give you a raise yet? Yeah. What's going on? What's up with the docu sign? He hitting you with a good docu sign? No, not that yet. We might need to talk about that soon. I have nothing to do with the contracts. Oh, you don't. Okay, that's what they all say. Yeah, yeah. Just pass the buck off to the next guy. Yeah, that's Canute. You got to talk to Canute. Yeah, yeah. Turn him upside down. Shake him. Shake some money out of his pockets. <laughs> sorry, this is uh, so, sorry. We're it's we're derailing. Awkward. We're derailing, and I forgot to mention you guys also have a pro model together over at Nitro. You and Dom, Dominic Wagner, and uh, I was wondering. First of all, congrats. I know that was a few years ago, but second of all, what what inspired the graphing? Um, yeah, we like to call it the bro model because uh, we kind of came up with it together, you know, and. Uh, it was, I mean, it was cool. It was for us, it was such a big step, I guess, because I don't think any of us was like expecting to get a board anytime soon. So we're like, oh, fuck, like we're, we're getting this opportunity. Let's come up with something cool. And got to be honest, we we're like, I think FA was just, just uh, getting started and we we're pretty inspired by some of their stuff. So we didn't necessarily bite something, but we just heavily inspired by it and uh, heavily, heavily. So you and Dominic Wagner, it seems like you guys have been connected at the hip for a long time. What's your like what what's your job? What's why? Why are you guys such good boys? Why are you guys always filming together? Um well I think there's not that many people uh that were so committed to filming snowboarding where I'm from, or especially around the Alps, and that kind of spoke the same language on the snowboard. So we just try to try to keep it going uh ever since, you know, like we connected on the very first trip we're on and it was just working out like he's kind of a person he doesn't he doesn't give up you know and i kind of applied that same mentality and we're just feeding off each other and realizing like holy shit like we're pushing each other very healthy and we're getting stuff done you know like i was there for a lot of the stuff he's done and vice versa so we just realized hey this is this is like a winning team this is this is functioning let's keep it going mhm I asked him the same question. He said, we're both obsessed with snowboarding, and I think we both have a good work ethic. And this kind of sounds very similar to what you said. Were you there for that psycho sea rail ender in Hexagon this year? No, unfortunately, no. I was. Um, I had a I had a pretty short season last year, not this winter, but the year before. I uh, I filmed for Hexagon, and I um, yeah blew my knee end of January. So that was kind of a crazy experience. So I sadly didn't go didn't get to go on any uh, trips after that. And I think that was one of the last last trips they did in the season. So couldn't see it happen, unfortunately. Did people go crazy at the premieres when that thing hit? Oh, for sure. That was like unheard of. Yeah. That's so fucking sick, that clip. Crazy clip. Um, well, we've been kind of bouncing around, but we never talked about real snow. So uh, I want to hear about your whole situation with that. Were you stressed out when you got the call? What was your approach? Mm, so... The year I was doing it, I was living in Salt Lake City, actually, at, at your crib. I was renting a room, uh, looking into the season, like, hey, this is I'm here, I'm going to be riding a bunch of Brighton, going to be filming around, thinking of 
filming some some stuff with Vance, some stuff with Meyer, and then eventually I got the yeah the call that I could could do real snow, and that changed everything, right? Like you get the call around October, and then you think about it like, oh, like where do we go? What can we do? Like what's what's possible with the budget we have available, and where's the snow and whatnot? So it was definitely like a crazy approach, knowing that you have to be done so damn early like mentally too and physically like getting prepared I guess and feeling good on your board because you want to get started as early as possible right I think we got our first clip around 2nd of December or something and you want to be feeling good right so I was just hitting the spot uh, with JP big shout out and Jeremy Jones for letting me shred up there back in the days it was beautiful beautiful time um, just boarding there and then uh, traveling to places from here so I'm a German dude that lives in salt lake and just flies around the world to film real snow so that was a pretty crazy time of my my life <laughs> absolutely who'd you film it with i film it with my bro alex pfeffer can we get a super horn oh you want a homie? super air horn okay <laughs> <laughs> that thing is so wild <laughs> you know we've gone through we've gone through a lot on these trips and um I mean, he's a huge, huge part of, um, I guess, my snowboarding life or snowboarding career where I am right now because he's gone through, we have the saying, like, through thick and thin. Can you say that? Yeah. Yeah. We've gone through thick and, and, thin, thick and thin together. So um, I filmed it with him, went to Canada in December and to Japan for all of all of January pretty much. And it was, as I said, yeah pretty crazy time of my life and uh also the pressure that was applied by having to be so done uh, like so so uh done so early that was pretty pretty intense dude that part's fucked up yeah, did you watch it today mike watched it this morning again and it was mind-blowing still stands up all of it it's just yeah amazing thanks dude yeah. appreciate it loved it yeah the footage in that was insane i remember you called me for one of the clips in it yeah dude switchback lip you had a the switchback lip um, I don't think I'd probably ever do a switchback lip on a double kink again in my life. That was so crazy scary. But I felt like this that was a clip that I still needed in the mix. Like I really went about, that was like such a conceptual part in a way, like because you only have so much time to film it and you want to make sure there's a healthy variety of like rails, kinks, tricks, bigger stuff, smallest but tech stuff, wall rides, airs you know like just to like fill everything in in this in these 90 seconds you have so i'm i mean imagining finding all these spots in in like eight we like six to seven weeks in total of filming you know that was pretty intense um but it was cool to just be able to focus on the stuff you really want to get instead of just getting clips to get clips i mean we all know how it works on these trips right you're like oh shit this is like the last trip of the season you're going out for two weeks or whatever and you haven't gotten much this year yet so you you like i found myself just writing something to get something i don't know if that ever happened to you and oh, yeah. like, mm -hmm. like why the fuck did i even hit this spot i don't even like it that much so i think giving the opportunity like having the opportunity to focus on just getting stuff what you really want to do is quite special and it's pretty hard to get to the point in snowboarding but that's ultimately what i'd love to do in the future too if my sponsors are down for that and backing me, because that's that's pretty expensive, right? To be so be able to be so picky and go to these places and like, nah, I don't feel this spot. I'm not gonna board today. Not gonna board. Gonna 
try to find more like better things or things you're really into. And that's super time consuming. And it just, it's exhausting too. But in those two months, we only focused on doing that. And I think that's what ultimately made the result how it is, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you got second place. Yeah, got second place. You get some, you get some cheddar biscuits. No, dude. Unfortunately, What? not, man. It was. What? Uh, I wish. Red Bull, give me some bread. Yeah, Red Bull hooked it up. Red yeah. Bull actually, Red Bull actually helped me out with all the travel, because um, you know there's like only a certain amount that you get from ESPN to do it, mm -hmm. and it was we kind of went in like we just like fuck this is a crazy opportunity I've never had this kind of opportunity in snowboarding before. Alex was like kind of a big thing for Alex too, so we're like let's just go in on this one. Mm -hmm. Let's just like whatever it, not whatever it cost type vibe but let's just you know like let's go places because we want to go places yeah and uh red bull hooked it up and helped me with some travel and then um yeah all the espn stuff pretty much went straight to alex so that's how we were able to spend like three weeks in canada and a month in japan i really like the production on it too like the edit was so fire but also like the crinkled paper with the projection like it seemed like that would have taken way longer than eight weeks to film and edit and produce it's just yeah a piece of art it's beautiful thanks dude well yeah. that part goes to alex uh he yeah. he killed it of course we like directed it together like yeah co-directed it but he did all the hard work and the and the editing bay while i was already back here just like shredding the freedom frontier with chris <laughs> true that was that year i remember you sent me the switchback lip on the kink with, and i remember like You texted me and I like I slow mode it and texted <laughs> it back to you and I was like we're good it's fire yeah but uh, I I like what you were saying earlier about just being selective and just getting good tricks I'm a firm believer and I'm not a person that does this but but like one banger is worth like 20 fillers dude absolutely right absolutely man I I 100 agree but it's just so hard to get to the point. You know, like it to, I find myself in these situations where it's so hard, so hard to hold back, you know, because you want to shred and you want to get stuff and you never know if it's going to be good until you try. Right. Like it could be this easiest, most simple spot. But if you end up like it's it's feeling good and you end up doing something cool, then you might love the trick. But just to say like, nah, like I'm going to chill today. I'm going to like walk around and check for other spots. That's pretty hard to do, I think. Or to me, like I, when I'm on a trip, I want to snowboard. Like I want to be efficient. I want to be productive. Like I, I have this momentum. But so it's it's getting really difficult to um, choose your battles and be very specific at what you want to get, I think. Or to me, or for me at least. Mm -hmm. I feel like Lewis does a good job of that. Oh man, he's, yeah, he's like the he, goat. Like everything he hits, he never hits any dog shit spots. No, man. Everything he, he hits is kind of fire. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, but the hard part is you got to keep your you got to keep your confidence up, right? Like, how do you if you're if you're being really selective, you're not snowboarding a lot. Like, you got to I feel like you got to strap in a lot to keep the confidence up. Would you agree? For sure, for sure. And I try to I try to snowboard a lot when I'm back home. Like, I was living in Munich for a good chunk of my life. Like the you know like the 32 days, for example. Mm -hmm. Like my early 20s, I was living in Munich. Munchen. Munchen. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, the German would say München. 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 Almost. München. Yeah, pretty good. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Okay. Anyways, uh, I'm trying to tell a story here, and uh, <laughs> sorry about that, folks. Okay, yeah, my bad. My bad. No, all good. All good. I got it. <laughs> so you're in München. Keep going. Very good. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. So. <laughs> 
Go ahead. I'm, we're, I'm done. We're, we're in mo- no, I'm not talking. Seriously, go ahead. We're, we're, uh, just, uh, the mic's yours. Go ahead. We're here for you, Benny. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the days... Speak right into the, speak into the mic. It's fine. Everything's ready. Back in the days in Munchen. <laughs> um, what was I even going to say? Talking about back in the days in Munchen, really. <laughs> back in You're the munching. days. I mean, keeping your confidence oh, up riding line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Min- Munchen is not that close to the mountains as you'd think. It's kind of like a Portland, you know, where you'd have to at least drive an hour. I don't know how much, how close the closest resort is, like an hour 20 or something uh, from, from Munich to get into the snow. So I found myself in these situations where I just end up going on trips and just snowboard on trips because you come home from two day or like two weeks of just like a bender of a trip right in terms of you're so exhausted you want to come home chill and then five days later the next trip's happening so you just want to rest up right and i'd find myself like getting a new pair of boots couldn't even break them in before i'd go on a street trip I find myself like lacing the brand new stiff ass boots up at a street spot. like this is something is wrong in my life something is wrong in my life and um Yeah, so I decided to move to Salt Lake City uh, for that first VG year. And that really helped me to understand a, a good balance of being a professional snowboarder in terms of going out to film all the time, but also a healthy rhythm of snowboarding a lot at home. Uh, thanks to Brighton and all the great opportunities you, you have here in Salt Lake, even if it's just like an hour at Rail Gardens in the afternoon or something. So that was super special, super special to realize it and understand, hey, there is a rhythm like that. You can be a professional snowboarder and go on trips, but also snowboard a bunch at home. So I feel like everyone that lives here, like all the bros, like Sam Taxford, for example, like good friend, good homie, uh, shouts. He... Um, <laughs> He's like showing showing me how it's done in a way of like how how this Salt Lake life works, like how how this works. You go on trips, but you snowboard every single day at home, even if it's just for an hour or two. And yeah, I don't know if if I if I should take it this far already, but I guess I'm just going to. So um, that's what made me realize, like, hey, I I want to continue to do this in my life. Like, I want to I want to go out and film parts and be productive and be efficient, but I want to snowboard a lot. Like, I want to feel confident. I want to feel my board. I want to get better in snowboarding in between shooting and stuff like that. So, um, for some other reasons, I decided to move back to Europe, and then the the options get pretty slim in Europe. Where do you want to live if you want to have or apply this in your life? Um, but also have all these other uh, desires, right? You want to live somewhat in a city. You want to like live in a place that's somewhat cultivated and you want to have a place you feel comfortable and not just live on a countryside close to one chairlift where you can ride every day, right? So as I said, the, ch- the options get pretty slim in Europe and then Innsbruck popped up and I decided to try it out for a year, loved it, and ever- it's like five years now. So I decided to stay and yeah, still there. And is that what inspired the Moon Park? Exactly, yeah, dude. You know what actually inspired the Moon Park quite a lot? Was the spot and the Freedom Frontier. Sick. I, yeah. I got to be honest, and uh, I got to say that um, living with you in Salt Lake and seeing you weld the rails in your garage and um, helping you get them all sorted on your trailer and carrying them out there to the Freedom Frontier, that was that was awesome, dude. And And you know, like that's that's a huge part of the culture, and it's um, you do something for the community, right? The local community, 
and moving to Innsbruck and realizing there's not not that much of that kind of stuff happening. Not a lot of people that invest their time and their energy, their money, whatever it takes to make these places possible or happen. Um, you know, coming back and seeing all this here in Salt Lake that really inspired me and I just felt like I need to do this here. I need to do this. If I'm not going to do it, nobody else is going to do it. So just kind of went in and just did it. <laughs> yeah, explain what it is for people that are unfamiliar with Moon Park. Okay, so Moon Park is pretty much a DIY snowboard spot, a little hike rail park in the Alps. It's close to Innsbruck. It's on 2,000 meter elevation. That would be 6,000 feet. So like right around our tree line. Is that 6,000 feet? No. Uh, we're at 5,000 here, something like that, city. Yeah, you're probably, that sounds about right. Innsbruck, 6,000 feet tree line? Maybe no, higher than that. I'm blanking right now. Because tree line's like almost alpine, so. Yeah. Well, the tree line is a little bit lower in, in the Alps than okay. here. So what's the par the Brighton parking lot elevated? It's like eight, seven or eight? Eight, five. Or okay, so let's say it's some something around around there. Yeah. Um, anyways, high alpine. There's snow from October to end of May. There's a road that goes up there the entire year. It gets, it gets plowed, so you can access it all the time. Um... And yeah, we just ended up like getting an agreement with the property or the like the landlord that we can just use it and put a couple of rails there for like private use only. I guess that was the that was the agreement, like no commercial background or anything where I would like financially profit from. It was actually kind of hard to get it going and get the agreement with the dude because I couldn't buy it and it was way too expensive. There's like no way to do it besides just doing like a handshake agreement. Long story short, it ended up working. We built some rails there absolutely f amazing they're fun we got some good hands on it good help and man i i'm so happy it worked out and it seems like everyone that's been up there has been having a good time and enjoying it so i'm happy that i was able to contribute a little bit um to the local community how many people are sessioning up there like is it early season like here with the spot like you guys get up there before the lifts are even i mean i guess the lifts always run in europe but it's an early season thing yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right. So, um, I mean, there are some glaciers that open around October, but most of the ski resorts won't open until like Christmas time or like mid-December or something mm -hmm. like that. So we'd be boarding up there like from mid-October on sometimes, mm -hmm. like early November, I'd say, into May. So it's definitely like a pre-season and after <coughs> after season thing. Yeah. It's cool to see. You don't see that like a lot in the Euro, Euro land. Not a lot of Euros are doing like DIY parks is yeah. As much as here, like, seems like there's a lot of backyard stuff all over yeah. in the state. So nice work on that. Thanks, Doug. Uh, I think it's a good time to maybe hit name that video part. What do you guys think? Yep. How are you feeling? Oh, man, I don't know. I really have no clue. I used to be pretty, pretty good on that, but I'm not so sure anymore. Let's see. All right, let's do name that video. We don't have a sponsor for Name That Video part this week, so it's sponsored by the Bombhole. Uh, go to bombhole.com. We got a bunch of new hats. All the corduroys are restocked. We got a bunch of new hats coming. Um, and get yourself some merch. What do you think about that, Silk? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, what's your confidence level 0 through 10 on Name That Video part? Man, I'm nervous. That's what I can tell you. I'd say a 5. Hit him with a 5. Okay. How do you feel, Bob? I think he's going to get it. You think, yeah? I'm yeah. 10. 
You're at 10? 10 on this. Okay. We did two. Wait, 10 for you or for ten? you? Really? Ten. Yeah. Wow. Holy Full man. confidence. Yeah, we <sighs> don't fuck up. What we did I'll is. Try not to let you down, Mikey. <laughs> we got a two parter. So if you get the first one, you got to get. We'll see. We got a prize pack for you. Here we go. He looks confused. <laughs> if you're I'm confused, if you're listening to this as a podcast, the facial expression he just made was pure Terrible. terrified. I would say bewildered. Bewildered. <laughs> I'm pale. Let's let him hear. I'm pale. This is a Euro production company, by the way. I've heard this so many times, but I can't. I can't connect it. Oh, I can't connect it. I can't. Connect it. <laughs> oh, that was hard. That was hard. Alex Tank. Oh, that's a heavy Ice one. Seven. Uh, Which one was it? God, I just. <laughs> uh, I forget. Honestly, I'm sorry. Yo, you got to hit that noise for yourself too, because yeah. you don't know it. <laughs> You, you know what? I'll do a small salt just to punish yeah. myself. <laughs> uh, I, the thing I is, I haven't I haven't watched these movies in forever. That's the problem. See, I was thinking it was a childhood, like, kind of you burned into your brain. I think that was, like, 2008 or something like that. Yeah. Okay, you had another chance for redemption. <laughs> See how you do. I'm excited to hit this buzzer, this wrong horn buzzer, if you don't get it. Here we go. That one, I know, because it's a part that I've watched so many times, and it's a part that's probably kind of underrated for a lot of people, but it's Curtis Woodman in Some Kind of Life, which that's is correct. one of my favorite video parts of all time. Sick. What you just got yourself here is a bombhole duffel bag filled with bombhole merch. You got oh, yeah. Thank mugs, you. you got stickers, you got smelling salts, you got hats. Wow. Uh, Thank you. That's so generous. Winner. Love it. Yeah, winner, winner, chicken dinner is what that is right there. Way to redeem yourself. Oh, man. I'm glad I got to get a second chance on this. Sorry, Alex. I love you. Yeah, you just disappointed Alex. That's all. (sighs) Alex isn't mad. He's just disappointed. (laughs) Way worse. You're from the same part of the world, too, aren't you? Is is he from Germany? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, just letting your fellow countrymen down. MBD. Bro. MBD. MBD. Yeah. Just really hammered on. I'm ready for the next round. <laughs> What's up next? Uh, this is uh, for the listeners. This is Name That Video Part Part 2. This is for the listeners. If you guys know the video part, comment on the photo of Benny right when this episode comes out on Instagram. That's where we pick our winner. Here we go. Hey, thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. Off air, Bob, I just heard you uh, You're conjured up a great question. I'd love to hear you just fucking fire that one away. So you were talking about moving to Salt Lake, and I was curious if you felt like that helped your career because we talk about whether Europeans get the same shine as Americans do you feel like moving to Salt Lake really helped you as become who you are today? Well, I think um, my 
motivating reason to do it in the beginning was because I found like this is the right place to be. I felt like I was in the community or with, amongst the people that were living here and it just felt like the right thing to do at the time. And um, as I said, Meyer was like, hey, like he actually recommended it, suggested it's like, hey, what if you just like stick around and like rent a place for the, for the winter and we can just go out for like day trips from here. Um, so I did it and I think what really helped is just connecting and getting to know the people here in the industry, which is just a um, very um, convenient side effect of me wanting to be here anyways, right? Like ended up ending up living at Grenier's house and getting to go to the Freedom Frontier and uh, getting to know Meyer. And he was like taking me on trips. I got to meet other people. So it was just a very organic and healthy situation that I found myself in. And But to answer the question, I think it definitely did. And I could also would recommend it to every young up-and-coming European snowboarder to spend some time in the States if they feel like it um, in terms of like getting to know the industry and growing inside of snowboarding. It's for sure a good, uh, a good call to do it. Yeah. It seems like it bridges the gap between like Euro, like, like a kind of unreachable Euro person that you don't know and somebody that's... It's, I'm sure same if Americans go over to Europe too, vice versa. Yeah. Not on the same level, but... Yeah, and also showing up in VG, which is an American movie. Now, how are VGs at the time, like what, 2014, I guess, was this era? Mm -hmm. You know, there's probably huge European movies. We may not see them here because the internet was kind of around. It was around, yeah. but... Um, I mean, getting in the American movie, I think, was a big thing. But are people viewing VG back in Europe at the time, or was it... Separated. How do you? How is that going now? Yeah. So there's for sure uh, a big audience for the VG movie. It was definitely or VG movies, but it was for sure separated within the snowboard community. Um, they would have VG premieres at rail jams, like for example the Frontline Rail Jam in Sweden, and there's other rail jams in the Netherlands where they the pe they knew people that are into rail snowboarding are there, so they would have all the videos like the Transworld videos, for example, um, like Get Real, where Chris was in, they would have it at the Rail Jam, and the VG movies would be played there. And then at other premieres, like the Glacier openings, they would, for example, way rather have uh, an Ice and Seven movie or like a pirate movie premiere. So mm -hmm. there was like, it was a bit divided for sure, but there was a, there was a place for it, mm -hmm. big time. Mm -hmm. Now, your last name's Urban. Did you change that to be a more marketable street rider, or is that your <laughs> given last name? <laughs> I changed that when I was six years old because I knew I was going to ask You know, we really like his last name. I mean, I have to say, the first time I saw you in a mag, I was like, that is the best. I mean, it's the best name ever for what you do. <laughs> Thank you. That's cool to hear. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, it's, to answer the question, it's a, it's a coincidence. Um, my mom's last name is Roux. R-O-U-X, French-Canadian last name. And my dad's last name is Urban. And my grandfather was born in Danzig, which is now Poland, mm. but it used to be part of Germany before the war. Mm. Um, so my theory is that my ancestors are, from my dad's side, uh, more in the eastern part of Germany, like Poland or Czech Republic. So the, the name comes from, from over there. There's actually more Urbans in Poland than in Germany. Mm. Mm. Did you feel like that's why you decided to be a street snowboarder? Because you knew it would just kind of was more of an urban lifestyle. Marketing decision. Marketing, marketing decision. decision. I mean, if you started out as a pipe writer, so yeah, he did move. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if my last name would have been backcountry, I think my snowboarding yeah. would be a bit different. I mean, 
you're <laughs> you're a lucky euro. Think about like uh, Ulrich Bodschlotter or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's hard for us Americans to like even like when there's all those. It I don't like Benny Urban's just like it's an easy marketable name. And it seems like he's from like Philly or something. Yeah, Benny uh, Urban. Burps. What about your Instagram guess, name? How did you come up with that? Guess Burps. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great Instagram name. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, back in the days, Instagram wasn't serious by any means. I don't know. I, I guess it is now, but back then it was just like lunatics and goofy and whatever. Like nobody used it as, like right when it started, nobody used it as like a serious thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, I just like my friend Alex Tank, which I, yeah, let down just a couple <laughs> minutes ago. Ooh. Oh man, still, still getting little, goosebumps. Yeah, that's a little soon. For that. Still hurts. Your team manager funny. doesn't seem to like your handle very much. I'm noticing. Gonna Come get on. a slap in the face when I see him next. You know, Benny, we want to talk to you about changing that just to your actual name and adding <laughs> the snowboarder, <laughs> Benny Urban the snowboarder, <laughs> Benny Urban snowboarder. Oh. Uh, Good stuff. Have you thought about approaching Urban Outfitters as a sponsor? Just that side, be, side question. That, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be kind of yeah. nice, actually. Yeah. Your vibe goes with that brand, for nice sure. thinking. Like yeah. Freddie Perry with Fred Perry. Mm -hmm. He yeah. tried. <laughs> he tried. He couldn't get on. It didn't work. That's but a bummer. I mean, that idea was genius. Speaking of Urban, though, I do have to talk about... Let's talk fits for a second, because I was going through your chronological oh, God. order. Uh, I noticed, you know, early days, we're talking slim... We're talking skin tight around the knee. We're talking, you're talking a very a very tight fit on the in the pants region. And I've noticed that primarily the crotch. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all those all those regions. Couldn't help but notice. And, and then and then the the pants have gotten baggier. Yeah, let's talk fit. So let's talk fit evolution. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, one of my teammates, which I still love to today, obviously, when I was riding for thirty two, was Joe Sexton. And Joe had a pretty fire collection on 32. Mm. And those pants just happened to be pretty tight around the knees. And I was just running it. I didn't, I mean, that was just what I was down for. And I'm not ashamed of. Like, I definitely wouldn't uh, wear pants as tight these days. But, um, I mean, for that era, I'm not ashamed of it. I look at it, like, well, now I look at it as like, ooh, that might have not looked the most uh, convenient or best to, like, my body dimensions or whatever. Um, but, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Just... We all have that, I guess. Would you say you're somebody that has a kit crisis? So, like, what, before you're going to film, are you looking at yourself in the mirror, changing pants multiple times, putting on different hoodies? Like, what's your vibe with the kit when you're getting ready to go perform? I go through phases, I'd say. I go through phases. There's definitely been a phase where uh, Joe and me were sending each other photos of, like, front boarding in front of a mirror with, like, a different type of pants on. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's this running gag. Like we just do that on trips, you know, just like pose up in front of a mirror and like go in the front board position and see how these pants feel or look when we're doing the front board. <laughs> Not so obsessed with it anymore these days. I'd like to keep it casual, but I, I guess I found my fit. It only took like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, Joe is the CEO of Kit Crisis. He is like you just say one thing to him and he's <laughs> he can't get out the door without like looking at himself in the mirror like 20 times changing his shirt a few times he ain't getting out the door he's late every time uh, oh, let's talk about getting on vans vans that's a huge step um it just seems like from the outside look 
looking in. Uh, it seems like it's got a team vibe going, like a, a family vibe. Yeah, man, it's it's really special. It's really special, and I feel so grateful and honored to be able uh, to be a part of it because uh, all my favorite snowboarders, most of my favorite snowboarders, um, are riding for Vans, and I feel like they've put in so much work, uh, so much time to get to where they are with the program. And it takes a lot of effort, common effort, with every single person involved to to uh, get it to this point. And um, I think it was like 2014-2015 season when the German T, uh, sorry, the European TM Bruno Bruno Revoir, French guy, big shouts, big a lot of shouts today, but he's got to get one. Bruno, love you. Um, ask me if I want to ride for Vans because at the time I think uh, there's been a lot of momentum created already uh, in North America. You know, they're putting Kuzik on, they're putting Sam on, Grav was getting on, Ojo had just made the switch from 32 to Vans. And uh, well, to be completely transparent, I was on 32 and I found like I've just found a home. You know, after filming for 2032, like I was exposed to riding and filming in the States with as I said, Joe and JP, it, w it was great. I felt like, fuck, this is it. Like, I'm finally kind of there where, I, you know, like I found my path. And I'm a person that I like to stay loyal with the brands as long as I can, you know, and I felt like I, I just kind of got on 32. Like, this was it. Like, it's just things starting to happen for me. And then that summer, 2032 hasn't even come out yet. And then Bruno hit me up. And I was like, hey, man, like, there's a lot of momentum advance, and we want to start a Euro program as well. And you'd be one of the first picks. Um, what do you think? And I was like, well, man, fuck. Like, dude, I'm, I just had filmed for 32, like, this entire season. The movie's coming out. Like, I can't, I can't really do it, you know? And then it's like an ongoing conversation for, I'd say, like, four to five months. And then my contract with 32 was up that December after the movie had come out. And I was like, it was the hardest call for me to make the decision, but I decided to go with Vans because they made it sound very, very interesting and a lot of a lot of things happening. And for me at 32, I felt like maybe for the future there wasn't as much room for me to grow. So this is, the decision on my end was just made and I did it. So I found a new home at Vans Europe for three years. I'm um, just doing Vans, Euro projects, and then, of course, being in the States a bunch, hanging out in Salt Lake. I got to meet Harry Hagen, another big shout-out. We got to do it. Yeah. I mean, you see, like, how many people in my life um, or I think in a snowboarder's life are important to reach to, to re you know, to get to a certain point. And all these people that I've been mentioning are getting shouts today we're playing such a big role. Like, of course, I did my, I did my job on my end, but there's so many more people that kind of have to help you like have to they have to get you somewhere like even like when you're filming you know teamwork it needs to be done out there by yourself you just like nothing will happen right anyway so um after three years uh on vans europe i got the switch to vans global which was huge for me and uh then i was more integrated in like the vans us projects and filming with you know like guys like sam or or uh, or jake or I mean, everyone that's been on the team, Ojo, Cole, you know, it's it's been such a such a blessing to experience that and be part of the second year they were they were doing landline. Mm. So that was that was just huge. And to this day, the trip we did to Germany and Czech Republic for the second year of landline, 
I think is probably the best trip I've ever been on by far. It was so insanely productive, so insanely fun. And um, yeah, it's just just great. Amazing. We had a guest question from Sam Taxwood. Ooh. Hey, what's going on, Bombhole? This is Sam Taxwood, and uh, I just want to say what's up, Mikey Granier, and welcome, Benny Urban, to the show. Uh, stoked to see what you guys come up with today for this episode, but I got a little guest question for Benny, and uh, I just wanted to ask Benny kind of what was going through his head the day that we were in Helsinki and he front boarded a quite large hubble-edge first try. Um, I was there watching and it took my breath away and I just was curious kind of how that process went for him and uh, yeah, hope you guys are having a good time. Thanks. Peace. Thank you, Sam. Love you, bro. Um, yeah, that was a special day, dude. That was, that was special because once again, I found myself in a setting of people where, you know, like coming from Europe and made my way like to the States and then finding myself in a situation where like, dude, like I'm like in front of Oli Gagnon's lens, in front of Harry Hagen's lens, uh, taxes at the, stacks is at the bottom and Kuzik's at the bottom, you know, like you fucking better show up, <laughs> German boy. <laughs> That's what was going through my head. <laughs> so uh, we've looked at the spot forever. I've known the spot forever. Um, pretty slick, down flat, down flat ledge with a decent sized drop off the off the off the outside. And um, I was just like kind of kind of tripped out if it's gonna properly slide or not it was a cold day but it had this weird paint on it so i wasn't sure if i should rub break it and wax it or if i should just go with it as is so after sam was hitting the spot but a, in a little bit of a different way so after he was done he got this clip was which was absolutely absolutely fire um uh, i was up so i was kind of like just sessioning the bottom part just like the down flat of the big down flat down just seeing how it slides and it felt really good, felt really good, felt really good. And then it's like time to actually like try it, you know? It's like, fuck, I'm not gonna do a 50 first because the risk is just as high, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna actually go for my trick right away. But my idea was to hop on that front board and just give it a little lock and pop over to the drop side because we put a solid foam pit on the outside. You know how you can just like pop over quickly mm -hmm. and that's the best feeling. I prefer that instead of like just getting my nose on there and going to the mm -hmm. stairs. I don't really like that. Anyways, the speed was a little off and I decided to still hop on it and just got the craziest lock right <laughs> away. I was like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> you know, just like not looking at the drop site where I wanted to go. I'm just like so <laughs> centered and locked. Like, okay, like better fucking, I don't know, like just go with it and make the most of it, right? All of a sudden, I right away, I'm like, what the heck just happened? Did I really just make it to the end? I, I I couldn't even feel anything. It was just so absurd. Like, what the heck did that just happen? And then Sam just comes running at me, just smiling, <laughs> hugging me like, what? Looking at Harry, he's like, what? Looking at all, he's like, what? I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that's better peep that footage. Watched the footy. And I was like, actually kind of down for it, you know? Like, I don't know if I wanted to take that risk again or if I could do, do it even better, right? And then Harry's like, well, like, 
I don't know. It's pretty good. Maybe I could film it better, but you don't have to do it again. I go, ah, fuck it. I'm just gonna keep it. You know. So literally hit that thing once, and that's the clip. That's so sick. But if Bob was there though, he'd have been like, do it again for the photo. Sorry, I missed it. My flash didn't go off. My, My flash, flash didn't go off. Yeah. I wasn't ready. I was still in the van. It's too cold. <laughs> that's so sick. I love Sam's face running out. He's just like mentally blown away and laughing and cracking up and. Those are that's so dope, dude. Those are just in like, fuck. That's that's the best part about snowboarding. That's one of the best parts, like being in the moment. Of course, like f seeing the final result, the video part is great and all. But like thinking about that season, for example, that's one of the things that's you know that just that just makes it. That's just very very special. Mm -hmm. Especially having your friends there and just sharing that with you know your homies. That's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, while we're on the vans topic here, Benny, uh, what do you what'd you bring into the office? What's behind your head there? Yeah, what is behind your head? Got a little uh, little boot, a little vans boot that might have been uh, designed and uh, well curated from uh, this German boy here. <laughs> is that a B Urban boot colorway? That's a B Urban colorway. Wow. Yeah. What do you got for the listeners that can't see it? It's uh, yeah, burgundy it and let's, white. Let's cream. It. It's like a cream and burgundy. Pull yeah. that thing off the shelf. Yeah, let's check it. Sell, sell us on this boot. Sell, sell me this boot. Right. Why should I buy this? Why should I buy this boot? All right, this thing. You want to buy this thing because it's a very comfortable, medium flex boot that works for everything, right? All-terrain vehicle. Uh, of course, the colors. What's it's, the model? The model, it's a High Center Pro. Mm -hmm. It's been around for some, some years. Um, I think a lot of people are down with it because it's not too stiff. It's not too soft. It kind of does the job for everything. It's got the, the strap up top. If you want a bit more support, you can, of course, like not use it if you want a bit more looseness. But, um, yeah, I'm stoked, man. I got to do this uh, new logo design on the side, which was kind of a, well, a mission to get it authorized. Um, but I'm super, super stoked that we, that we get to do it, and I'm pretty happy with the final product. Mm. Let's talk about the power strap on the top. Did you did you ask to have that added? This thing, the power strap? Yeah. It's been there. It's been there for a while. Um, I didn't get to change too many things on the boot itself. Um, there would have been a couple couple things input-wise, but I love the boot. Cole had it last year, and I've ridden it all year. I loved Cole's colorway, and um, I've just gotten super familiar with the boot, so I'm pretty stoked that uh, it's, it's, on this, it's on this one. Yeah. It's a good-looking boot. Yeah, I saw you Thanks, running Doug. some dark laces on uh, the boot, too. That looked dope. Does it ship with two t two colors? Or was that just like an upgrade you made? Uh, that was just like some custom yeah. custom uh, ex exploration. Yeah. Um, but I like to mess around with laces because the boot can come off or can appear so different if you have different type of laces, different mm -hmm. colors. We originally had two laces planned. I honestly don't know if, mm. if they will actually be in store with two pair of laces, yeah. but you can always get a different type lace somewhere where'd you get the inspo for the colorway dude honestly i love the retro vintage sport shoes like the mm -hmm. high top leather basketball shoes in the 70s and we actually had this pretty interesting conversation we're just we're, i was supposed to like narrow it down in terms of um like vibe words for example like futuristic or like oh no way avant-garde <laughs> or like vintage or things like with that with the designer with the designer cool. and i just went like keyword uh, 70s basketball court, New mm -hmm. York, Brooklyn. Dope. Like, huge off. bush. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, so, um, 
that was a that was a super fun process. I love it. It was it was great to be uh, involved in it and uh, having a say in it. So yeah, it's my first boot with Vance. I'm not mad about it. So that's drop, dropping next fall. It's coming out this fall. Oh. Yeah, November twenty three. Sick. Drop. Congrats. Thanks, dog. Huge. Appreciate it. You beauty. All right, Bob. What was your question? Hey, Chris. Uh, just how's my audio right now? Uh, audio level. Where's the good. Where's the magic spot? Yeah, also, I would like to point out to. Um, do you call them viewers? Did you just spill your liquid death all over? Your hey, Chris. Next time, uh, if you spill water on that thing again, what is that called? Uh, this is a no, no, no. The, the fancy yeah. recording thing. What's it called? The roadcaster. The, the what? Roadcaster. <laughs> Next time you spill shit on the roadcaster, you're coming to the dunce table that you stuck me in. Kids Look table. at this. I'm in the kids table. <laughs> yeah. I need the mic. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Great oh, what's next <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god jesus christ bob Anyways. silk how you doing back there let's see the silk cam you throw throw the silk cam should we silk close cam the door? door yeah yeah we should probably close the door close the right, we're door. back here uh we're you, back at the bomb hole we're back at the b-hole here i'm gonna hit another sniffer just to get around the corner here yeah. and get this thing done what do you guys think Chuck me one, Chris. They I, can hit, I can hit a freshie. Let's hit a freshie. It's going to take me from about 72% to 1,000. Yeah, we're going to take you to fucking zero to, a, zero to 100. You it's jump like through walls <coughs> after that. It's kind of like the uh, new snooze, huh? <coughs> no yeah, it is. It's good to snooze anymore yep. in here. It's good for the sinuses. Yeah, it's good. I think we need to invent one that makes, <laughs> makes you shit immediately. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Perfect. Up. That would be a great idea. One through a wall <laughs> shitting salts. Yeah. Oh, that one burned my eyes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Look at the table. It's just like smelling salt landmine paradise. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about living in Innsbruck because uh, what you got going on there. It's interesting. I was talking to who oh, I don't remember who, maybe Mikey about this, but uh, been all over America, and it, this is one of the only cities where you fly in and you're in the mountains and you land, and it's. Similar, I think Innsbruck's probably even more beautiful, and the mountains are even shoot up even bigger, maybe out of the city. Yeah, how how is living in Innsbruck and managing a snowboard career these days? Um, it's great. I mean, it's kind of like a little Salt Lake, I'd say, uh, for sure, in a European version. It's way smaller. It's way more compressed, but it's cool because you have direct access to several ski resorts right from the city. There's like public transportations, like trams that take you right to the snow. And, um, I mean, you have it all, this, like, a cultured, cultivated city. I mean, um, nothing against Austria, but it's still in Austria, and it's maybe not as progressive as other, uh, as other parts of the world. But um, it's just a very, very cool mix, very, very good mix of um, having a city with a good skate community, good skate scene. You can go out. There's always events, parties, premieres, whatnot, if you want that. But you can also escape to nature within literally like 10 minutes walking and then you're just out in the woods and you've got glaciers around like all year round could snowboard every single day of the year if i wanted to so it's it's a pretty pretty good pretty good mix are you getting mm. some money from the uh innsbruck bureau of tourism because it's a pretty good salary <laughs> <laughs> i should man they should hop in on moon park and yeah. help me do some more public free snowboard parks for the city but i feel like that's going to be a pretty uh, hard way 
That skate park in downtown Innsbruck is incredible. It's like it's like a plaza with the rollers. What's that place called? Yeah, it's the um, Landhaus Plaza. You skated that place before? I have, yeah. Yeah, I, dude, I remember. I beat that place down, beat it to a pulp. <laughs> dude, you pulled closed down <laughs> after I went there. I remember you pull jammed one of the one of the poles there, like yep. straight up ones. Uh, uh, for Kuzik has a trick in the intro of like Together Forever or something yeah. on the Manny pad. Yeah, dude, like a shove Manny. Yep. Yeah, that was sick. Now, I skate there all the time, actually. It's a cool uh, meet and greet. It's great. I mean, it's it's kind of wild to have. Imagine, like, you can go snowboard in the morning, and then 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, you're on that plaza skating. That's dope. There's not too many places in the world that offer that. And for me, it's cool. Um, I'm in love there. Uh, I met my, my fiance, Elisa, super horn. Yeah, let's give her the super ear horn. <laughs> oh, he's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw in the dolly on top to yep. really put the icing on the cake. There we go. Now she's probably the one that deserves the biggest horn for sure. She uh, she made me stay in Innsbruck. She's uh, a huge part of my life, and uh, yeah, I didn't want to want to live anywhere else right now, and don't want to be surrounded by any anyone else besides her all the time. So. Um, it's awesome. I'm I'm very very happy, and uh, we got a good thing going. So I'm excited to see you very soon. And you recently got engaged? Yeah, I recently got engaged. Congrats, brother! Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, grown up, I guess. Yeah, damn, dude. Mm-hmm. Benny's all grown up. How old are you, Benny? I'm 31. Whew. I used to be the baby all the time, man. Like I remember, I used to be always the youngest, and now it's not like that anymore. Now there's fucking like. Early like twenty one, twenty two year olds that I end up mm-hmm. going on trips with, with which I love, but it, it's just funny. Like I was that person, you know, for the longest time. Yep. Then one day you wake up and you're like, you know, Bob. You know, you're just, <laughs> oh <my God>. just <laughs> old and haggard and yeah, lost. grumpy. <laughs> you're still that kid to me, Benny. I oh, still think of you. you. I was like twenty two. Yeah, that's what you are in my head too. Yeah. Okay. You, you ever go trifecta where you go snowboard in the morning, skateboard and then blade in the afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> Rock you the climbing. Bl- oh, that's the yeah. Dude, no. I should. I should get those uh what are they, the brain dead uh fuck inline skates. Yeah. They clock. had this dude, they had this uh, weekend slash brain I dead. I watched that. It was it's amazing. Fantastic. I love it. You know man. the rollerbladers are doing wallies now. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. They it was rip. Kind of, it's kinda of fire. Pretty steezy too, I gotta say. So uh mm-hmm. might need to cop. Have was, you taken that butter technique to the streets of boarding? Like I know you and Dom really like a good rub brick session. Do you oh, finish yeah. that with like a nice buttering? Wax and some butter. We yeah. should bring some frozen butter, man, in the yeah. future. Just a little stack of frozen mm-hmm. butter in the van. I Why think not? It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's a snack too. You yeah. know, if you get hungry. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Dom and me kinda uh, went pretty, pretty deep into the knowledge of how to make a ledge pretty smooth. Yeah, kind of like really, really, really uh, went in. Gibology. We're talking about Gib- gibology. Absolutely. Are absolutely. You on Concretology. A, yeah. Are you on the ice it up t- tri- yep. tip? I mean, I've seen that. And I'm, I'm like, not, I'm, that just blew my mind. I'm like, I'm not about this. What's your tech? It depends. If it's like mega cold and if it's kind of a short ledge, yeah. I could fuck with the, the ice technique. Yeah. But I prefer to get everything dry, rub rig it till it's butter, then get all the dust off wax it, or like rubric it again maybe get all the dust off and then wax the hell of it like, mm-hmm. and then maybe put a little bit of snow on it and then mm-hmm. you're pretty good to go mm-hmm. can I give you guys the real like 
hack on this? I mean, was yeah. what people do with curbs? Like, this is what we do at the Freedom Frontier, so the concrete grinds. But it seems like if you really wanted to prepare a concrete ledge, you rub brick it, which is kind of like this this block that you scrub the concrete with to make it smooth. Yeah. So you rub brick it, and then what I would do is I would spray paint it with the clear lacquer. Mm-hmm. So that clear lacquer that p- you can put it on concrete and all yep. of our, our edges we, we put hit at the skate park. Yep. And it just preserves them. They grind like ice. And then if you were to hit it with rub brick, lacquer, wax, I think you'd have a fucking iceberg sliding ledge. Like, it would be fuego. I, I agree, but then you have that ice feeling again, and you want the little bit of... You want the grab. The, mm-hmm. Not the grab, but, like, the little bit of, what is it, friction? Resistance. Or, or traction. Whatever, yeah. Friction. Yeah, you want to feel like, you want to have it feeling like a very good grinding yeah. curb. So you're like, you don't that, but you're not catching. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's when I feel comfy on ledges. Mm-hmm. You don't want it too icy. No, that's okay, when you so. slip out. All right. I feel like you can see that in the footage too. The way you yeah all rub brick the ledges in your approach looks dope. Yeah, I could see in the Helsinki clip, for example, where you like you're actually getting some resistance. You're fighting a little bit, so the clip looks dope because it looks like you're actually fighting it a little bit. Thanks. It's, it's hard to see in Bob's photos what's happening because they're yeah. so blurry and yeah. just bad. <laughs> they're just so bad. <laughs> That's why he doesn't get called anymore. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of phone calls. You do yeah, call Bob when you need a photo or do you just try to see the last number? On oh, the for sure. I call him all the time. Oh, I mean, I'm just yeah. not here anymore that mm-hmm. often, but who I used to you, call him all the time. Who would you call, Bob or Oli? You have to answer. <laughs> You're asking me this question? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, you can't put question. me on the spot like Direct that? That's a great question. It's weird. Bob's just, ma- Bob's just making big eyes on hard at Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> Bob is in control of covers, just so you know. But like, yeah, he is a photo editor of a magazine. I think I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, again, uh, you got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I love the buzzer, dude. I'm loving the buzzer. Buzzer's sick. Bob. We're waiting for the answer, Benny. <laughs> Wait, can we can we please move on here? Can we please move on? All right, next we're topic. On. We got some more topics. We got more topics. So I right. so you brought something up that's interesting. You brought up the thirty to twenty two year olds that you're going on the trip with, you know, growing older or more experienced in a career. You know, obviously you have eight more years of experience, but I also noticed that you produced. A movie, I think it was, I'm going to slaughter the name Onsen, Onsen, you tell me how it's said, but tell me how you got into that and how it was something you pushed for. I mean, that's a big step. Yeah. Uh, it was called Oasin. Okay, um, it's a Vance Europe video we've did, uh, we've done three years ago. And uh, Bruno Revoir, the Euro TM, we kind of talked about it for a while to do a video with like a little crew, let's say like four to five people in total. And we've just had a good thing going, or we still have a very good thing going at Advanced Europe. And uh, we've been given this opportunity to curate, produce, and uh, direct a video mm. uh, amongst the Advanced Euro street team in a way. And I was given the task or the, the opportunity to kind of direct it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really fun. It was, I loved it, man. I mean, I feel like it's just interesting because now it has like an, a real title you know like mm-hmm. directed or dr- we actually called it driven by because mm-hmm. that was a more um relatable turn i think or more um yeah a term that was more yeah more fitting um so it was fun because i feel like that was that's the thing we've all been doing anyways already in a professional snowboard career i mean you've done it you've done it you've done it so um there's 
there's just so much that goes on behind the curtains, you know, as a professional snowboarder, but then you get a title on it and you actually get to get credited for it too. So that was one of the movies where I was like in a way in charge of making this thing happen and mm -hmm. turn it into a snowboard movie, you know, like going yeah. on a trips, making sure everyone's getting clips and holding back too. you know, like, Oh, like this person hasn't gone on this last trip and maybe hasn't hit too many spots on this trip yet. So, Like I'm happy to hold back because my role is to make sure this movie is going to be a movie in the end mm -hmm. and not just selfishly like, oh, I need another clip because I think the spot is sick, you know? So yeah. that was a cool learning curve and cool experience to reflect and realize like, oh shit, like it's fine to hold back too and I'm going to get credited for it because I'm making sure this movie is going to be a snowboard movie in the mm -hmm. end. And did you get to curate some younger writers for that too and just bring people in and... I, that was always exciting for me. Like when I had the opportunity to make a movie, I was like, all right, I'm going to bring up who I want to be in this, maybe yeah. some names that no one even knew, which yeah. was fun. So I, I, it seemed like you did that too. So, Yeah, there was two guys <clears throat> that have already been on Vans and already already had put out really good shit. Uh, Sebi Springat from Italy. Mm -hmm. There you go. And Jan Sutta mm -hmm. from Switzerland. Um who was in charge of like basically forming the escape snowboard uh, crew, mm -hmm. which have been putting out really, really sick videos the last couple of years. So those two in a way got invited and I was trying to make sure like they're going to have a presence in it. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, happy I got this opportunity and would love to do more such things in the future with, um, whoever is down and willing to give me this, this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, a sign for Red Bull? We never really talked about how you got on Red Bull and how that journey has been. Yeah, Red Bull, um, I signed with them in 2014, I believe. Uh, and that's when things really started working out in terms of, hey, I can focus on snowboarding and not having to work a job or not trying to study at the same time because I wasn't sure if which route I want to take and really want to focus on a snowboard career. Because honestly, for the longest time, I didn't really commit to like okay this is what i want to do this i want to turn this into my profession because you know i was in hamburg and then i went to munich and started studying went to school went to college um and then when that opportunity to write for red bull came around i was like well i guess like i need to i need to make use of this like this is this is so sick like things are happening i have the funding to go places and film and like actually can do what i want in a sense of like oh, I don't have to miss this trip because I, I don't have travel budget to go, right? Because this was, this was what I was had going on for the longest time. Like, I didn't have enough funding to do what I wanted to do in snowboarding. So I was, like, studying and doing whatever on the side. So, yeah, big shouts for making it happen. And, um, yeah, in a way, like, having a healthy career where I could just really start focusing on snowboarding. Yeah, That's killer. I look at a lot of the other uh, Red Bull people in all different sports and it seems like they give you the resources that you need to do whatever you want i know that i've been told that they'll they'll, they'll approach riders and be like what project do you want to do we want to help you create your dreams and you see some of some of the stuff's cool and, and some of the stuff is kind of corny but it seems like you've done a good job navigating that space really well as far as like um you know doing red bull stuff and and making it look cool and all that, all that stuff Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. And if it's it's not an easy task because, of course, it's it's a really big brand and the brand speaks to a huge audience. Uh, I mean, I'd say a, a good portion of it is the mainstream and definitely not our core industry. 
but I think it's important for them to have a place in core snowboarding, which I try to represent, I guess, or I, I, I want to represent that. And I'm really thankful that they're back in me and they're supporting this type of snowboarding still to this day. And, um, yeah, man, as I said, for example, with real snow, they were making sure my travels are covered. So big ups. I mean, there, I know there's a lot of shit talking on energy drinks and snowboarding, but <coughs> that's, that's very individual. Everybody has their opinion, but to me, I got to say without Red Bull, I wouldn't have in brackets been able, like made it or like been able to become a snowboarder and live off snowboarding. You know what I mean? Like, so I also love how they seem to take care of, like, and I know you mm -hmm. have a, a knee injury, and I saw a post, you know, you're in there, and they have doctors on staff helping you with rehab, like, providing that for athletes is really committed to you guys, it seems like, so. Man, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. Like, I got to say, that's for sure, like, an uh, in, in experience in its, in its own that I've never made use of before, sadly, mm -hmm. until I got hurt and really needed it. Like, hey, you should just go to this rehab or like rehab facility in uh, Salzburg where the headquarters are. And like, whoa, this is this is sick. Like, I, I would love to, you know, like working with the best doctors and physiotherapists in the mm -hmm. game, like that train Formula One uh, uh, drivers. You know, yeah. they have like the G-force machines in there, and you're like sitting next to these superstars. And I'm just like, wow, this like random snowboarder. You know, I'm like talking to this fucking mega <laughs> mega star over there. So that was really cool, and um, yeah, I can only I can only say good things about it. They've been good to me, so I'll try my best to you know do my job on my end. Mm -hmm. I refer to it as Formula Ein, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Formula I, there you go. Formula Ein, Eins, Eins. Can you get us some tickets to the soccer games over there? If we just fly over. Yeah, do we fly over in that plane? You know, I have a question. Plane? When you're making a project for um, Red Bull, what's the music selection like? Because I'm sure they have a Rolodex, and you kind of like are clicking through the songs. Isn't it typically just like... <laughs> just some of like the best music possible in the catalog. Best music possible. Yeah, I mean, that's sadly because the music labels with the dope shit, they don't want to give away them, which I understand. That's fine. That's fine. But so there's this Red Bull Media House. I'm sure you've heard mm -hmm. about it. They they produce their own their own projects. So they have this huge <laughs> library with the uh, with the hundreds hundreds of thousands of songs. Uh, it's Did all the sound the same. <laughs> kinda. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways, all right. That was a oh, no. Appreciate your uh, honesty <laughs> and your opinion there. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, about those free soccer tickets, Red Bull. Oh, oh, yeah. sure coming back in like I'm sure that. those are in the mail right those now. Those were in the mail, and they, they actually took them out of the mail and dumped them out. In the, You're on the permanently counter. banned for all yeah. future Bob, Red Bull you might sheets. need to change your opinion on those songs before you get those tickets. I'll drink that drink. Give it to me for the free you know, tickets. Bob, you know, Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts is actually thinking about purchasing a soccer team pretty soon here. So Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, so we can get you tickets here pretty soon. We there you go. You need a kids coach? Yeah, we need a kids coach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bob, you're a good soccer coach. Mm. I wouldn't say good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what does the word oasin mean? So oasin is uh, technically, it means oasis, just in Swedish. Mm. And it's uh, so for oasin, we had a really, really good um, 
graphic designer, artist, uh, motion graphicer on board that was involved in a project called Fabian Fuchs. He's worked on uh, polar skate videos in the, in, mm. in the past. Really creative, really good. <laughs> that was about to be an air horn, sorry. There you go, Fabi. Um, so we're on a trip. He, came, he tagged along to, on a trip to Sweden with us. And it was like pretty late in the season already. We filmed pretty much everything we wanted to for the movie. And it's like the last trip. So like, fuck, we still don't have a name. And then at the very last day, we came across this sick looking sign. It's just like an industrial zone where we're hitting a spot previously. And it said Oasis in, this cool, in the coolest looking font. And we all looked at it as like, wow, this looks dope. Like, should we just run this? And then we just did some research on what the definition of an Oasis is. And there's a deeper sense, I guess, for snow, street snowboarders, what an oasis is. You know, you just travel to these crazy places in the middle of nowhere. It looks like all grimy. It might be raining. It's cold. And all of a sudden, there's just like a piece of steel. And we all get so excited about this. But to a normal person, it's like, dude, let's get out of here. Let's go to the beach or whatever. But to <laughs> us, this is our oasis, right? Mm -hmm. So we kind of went, went with that and decided to call the movie Oasis. Great name. Very That's dope. sick. It's a captivating story by the name. I like that. Uh, let's get let's get into hot takes. Bob, do you know what hot takes is? I don't he remember. He looks bewildered. <laughs> this is great. So hot <laughs> takes, uh, we just ask a bunch of questions. Um, we're gonna, we always start off with the Michael Jordan or GOAT, um, greatest of all time, both to you, as it pertains to you, mm -hmm. uh, both male and female. Who you got? Male, I got to go with Big Lou. Louis? Louis Parody. Good answer. Bang. Okay. Female? Female, these days, I mean, it's got us, these days or I guess all time. I think Zoe is probably the best female, snow, best and coolest professional snowboarder of all time in the female world. I think she's really uh, impressive, you know, seeing her learning curve, I guess, too, and And then a couple words about Louis, maybe. I mean, he's been mentioned on this show so many times, but to me also, I mean, I've been following what this guy's been doing and studying his shit since day <laughs> one, for real. Like, yeah. I'm not ashamed of this. It's just um, out of this world. It's, it's so special. And so, yeah, impressive. Like, mm. big, big, big fan. Maybe his biggest. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah, he's sick. Awesome okay, person cool, coolest person as well. Yeah. Who's your German goat? German goat, Alex Tank. Hmm. Respect. Good answer. It seem, doesn't seem like you know his writing that well. Even <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Bob Plum or Ole Gagnon? <laughs> Both. Oh, oh he oh. dodged it. Damn, dodged Who's that. the most underrated snowboarder <laughs> in Europe? Or of all time. Well, well I mean, I, we, that's one of the questions on here, Bob. <laughs> yeah, but I want to make up my Bob's own. going off script. <laughs> I'm a part of this podcast. I know I'm just at my own little side table. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's you a gave me a mic. You're not really part of the podcast. <laughs> okay. You're kind of like side act. Go side show Bob over here. <laughs> Go to your room, Bobby. <laughs> Bob, do something stupid. <laughs> Back to your room, Bobby. Bob, camera's on. Be funny. <laughs> hey, Chris, mute him. <laughs> yeah, we can, mute. let's mute him. Hold yeah, on. Wait, Bob, talk. I got to figure out. So anyways, who's the most? Yeah, so what we're going to get into here. Uh, what I was going to ask is actually who's the most underrated? <laughs> I think I think you, you could go you can go Europe <laughs> yeah, and American if you want, or either. 
Which one? <laughs> I think Bob's muted. You don't have to worry about anything. You can't say it. You can't hear him. Um, it's gonna be the same question for me because one of my friends, his name is Niels Arvidsson. He's from Europe, and he's internationally known. Uh, but I think he's the sickest shredder. He's so so fucking good. He's so fucking cool. I love him. He's so fun to have on trips. He's incredibly skilled and uh, doesn't get the shine that he deserves, I think. Great answer. Awesome. Steel or powder? These days, powder, because I don't get to do it that much. (laughs) (laughs) Unexpected answer. (laughs) Sorry, I've been loving the buzzer. Chris doesn't use the buzzer much either, so. Uh, (laughs) Any opportunity. Like... You haven't turned into a Turner yet. I don't know if my mic's on. But. You're live. You're live. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say about? What did you say about? Turned into a Turner yet? No. <laughs> turning, turning when all turnings were old pro snowboarders go to die, Bob. <laughs> what did you say about? I saw Chris turning in Logan this year. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Sorry, that this is not fun for the listeners. They can't even hear anything. <laughs> you could just buzzer, Bob. I'm a turn turn guy. Okay, uh, best style ever. Who you got? Wow, that's a heavy one, man. Let me let me think about that for a little bit. Um, I don't know if I can answer that, to be honest. There's too many. Your favorite style. <coughs> Let's just rephrase it so it's, like, not so subjective or so, like, um, fa- uh, objective. <laughs> objective. Would be, be not the re- I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm losing you it. You should mute yourself. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> I got my answer. Okay, go ahead. Cost lemons. Ooh, cost That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best method. Who you got? Best method? Nils Arvidsson. Good answer. Muting people is kind of like playing God. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just kind of remove them from the conversation. Okay, what's your favorite video ever made? Too hard to answer, man. Too many good ones. Too many good ones. For real. Like, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say some kind of life near Proto because I've that's probably the video I've watched the most, um, and it just stuck to stuck to me forever. It will. It hits your heart. Also, Crazy Local is pretty damn good. Great answer. Both good answers. What's your favorite board graphic ever made? Um, dude, too hard to say. I think uh, the OG Nitro T1 is pretty fucking sick. You know, with the black flag on there. This is your favorite graphic ever made? Mine. Oh, the black. Yeah, the black flag one actually is kind of sick. Yeah, I did yeah. like the. Well, I don't know. I can't. Th- I can't think of too many to be honest right now. Just out of my head. Chris was just like waiting to roast that answer. <laughs> roast me. At you, you <laughs> He's know, just like red in the I'm face. Just, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm trying to hold back. I'm just saying there's a lot of amazing graphics. The black flag one's cool. It was a cool graphic. But. What's your favorite graphic? It's not graphic? the fucking yeah. best graphic. It's kind of a. <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's your favorite graphic ever made? Mine's a bizarre one. And uh, Freddie Perry actually mentioned it in the show. 
kind of pissed me <laughs> off because I thought it, I was really it was, I thought it was my favorite. Yeah. I thought it was my favorite. You were unique. I thought I was unique, but I'm not. Uh, Freddie Perry likes it too. But there's a Capitographic years ago that Seth Hewitt wrote when he was on in Shakedown, which you, didn't, you wouldn't even know it's a Capita. It's like a weird worm type of thing on the bass, and it's green. And I just really liked the way it filled the space and how it looked. And um, it just spoke to me for some strange reason. Okay. Uh, I also, um, yeah, I really, I like like some old Salaznics, like yeah. the Noah's Ark boards, really cool. Those were sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did Mike? Did you find that awkward or interesting that now that he rides for Capita, the first yeah. board he mentioned, and that and that Benny, you know, <laughs> did is the Nitro. I found well, that a bit interesting too. Yeah, I mean, these guys are naming their own sponsors. I yeah. get it. I mean, it's a contract year. You I get know? it. It's a contract year. I'm trying yeah. to get re-signed. Trying to get that two-year docu sign in that inbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mine's a Capita. Well, mine's obviously Nitro, so that's good. Yeah. I think but it's right. the ride. Nitro T1, like, come on, guys. I mean, it's a good board, but best graphic of all time. I'm sorry. I'm just being, I'm being a dickhead, but we'll keep it moving. <laughs> Looks like Nitro's not sponsoring the podcast anytime soon. <laughs> My favorite was just M3, burnt. this, like, red board that this guy wrote all the time. He's like my favorite snowboarder of all time. That board was awesome. <laughs> all right, Bob. that be? I have no idea. We're still in hot. It's you, Mike. Brain damage. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. I love you, too. All right, you go pants over or under the high back? Under. Okay, if you go heliboarding three people, just good times. You're riding, pal. Hypothetical, you take whoever you want. Who are you taking in that helicopter? Three people, I can take anyone. Yep. Uh, I would take... Young, young Dolly took Mike Tyson, just for reference. <laughs> <laughs> True, I remember he said that. Homie's so cooked. <laughs> Homie is cooked, A couple people took Obama. Homie's cooked. <laughs> I would take my dad, because my dad still shreds. He's 64. He rips. I'm so proud of him that he's still strapped in. Um... And actually, we've always talked about going heliboarding together before we can't do it together anymore. So maybe, maybe do it at one point. So definitely my dad, my girlfriend, Elisa, fiance, Elisa, she rips too. She's a shredder. And then probably Karsten. Dope. Solid. I feel like that could be a pretty, pretty cool crew. Yeah. Yeah. Family shred. Yeah. I take your dad, young Dolly, and Mike Tyson if it was me, but uh, <laughs> that's a good that's a good heli load right there. I'm not mad at that. Okay, um, <clears throat> what do we else want to hit? I guess we could hit worst trend. What do you got for worst trend? Pants over high backs. I run that. Still that's OG. Oh yeah, that's OG. you did run it. I still run that. You watch? No, you don't. You oh, watch yeah. a video? Pre- I do both. 2005, 90% of the people are repping. Not 90, maybe like 70%. Mm-hmm. I just never got down with it, I guess. But I mean, that didn't make me not like. It doesn't make any sense, that's for sure. But to have it it's over? It's habit. It's habit. I didn't, real, I didn't ever realize it on your snowboarding. Mm-hmm. He sounds like he feels personally attacked. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, really, I know. I'm deeply offended. Don't worry, Mikey. <laughs> I am deeply hurt. Don't offended. worry, Mikey. You know that I love your snowboarding. <laughs> I think that's out of the question. <laughs> Thank you. I actually don't care. No, I mean, I appreciate that, but it's just a force of habit. It's okay. It's okay. He's just going to get up and leave the podcast. Really. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, really, it's okay. <laughs> 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 All right, we're going to get into uh, 
a new segment we got here. Uh, this is really coming off the rails, which I love. All right, we're going to get into uh, the pub beer spin to win roulette. Basically, it's time to spin to win for some cheap, fun beer presented by Pub Beer. Uh, no matter what you're doing, cracking open a pub beer for some cheap fun is always a safe bet. So now basically roll that thing and then uh, it's, or you just spin that thing and then drop the ball in there and you have the option to basically add beers to a tab or you can take the beers with you. And we've got a winner, 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 winner. What do we got? Oh, is it going in? Or, oh. Tell me it's a green one. That's a keg. It's a black one. What? How many beers on there? There's two beers on there. That's two cases of pub beer. You've won two cases of pub beer. You can either take that beer for yourself now or contribute to the pot. When the pot hits 1,000 beers, we're going to give 1,000 pub beers to a listener via Instagram. So go ahead and uh, you want to take two 18ers or do you want to contribute to the pot? I'm going to contribute to the pot. Wow, let's, the nice. pot's going. Tip. Let's see Let's see where we're going to get with so this. So we got, I think right now we're sitting on six beers from uh, Joey B's episode. Now, a case is, what are those in 18 there? 18 each. 18. Okay, so that's a lot of math. You're one, 36 two, plus four, five, eight, six, 42. Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That's a good way to throw an office party yep. of the show. Some free beer. So when we get to a thousand beers, someone's gonna get to win a thousand beers. Yeah. So What's we're happening? we're at uh, a lot of beers. I'm not gonna do the math right now, but somewhere in the 40, 50 ish range, I think. We're in forty two. Forty two. Good math. Good job. Beers. Good job. Great job. Okay, let's get into setups, Benny. Uh, we like to ask our guests what board they ride and how they set it up and all that types of stuff. Cool. Um, I usually vary between 155 and 157 boards depends on what i'm going to be boarding uh stance i'm running plus nine in the front minus six in the back and a 52 and a half or 53 centimeter stance whatever that is an inch um but that's kind of like my go-to i've kind of been uh exploring uh with the nitro uh quiver series a little bit and I feel like the quiver boards just work better when you set up like very directional and very positive. So I usually run like zero or even like plus three in the back on those just for like turning, especially like after my knee injury last year, I was just cruising for a month or so and I was like really feeling the posi posi vibes. Mm. I loved it. Sick. And now do you detune? Uh, I slightly detune. Um, for the resort, I barely do. For the streets, I just take the whole thing off just the less edge, the better. Okay. And then what bindings you ride? I ride Nitro uh, Team Bindings. Yeah. You do anything special to those bad Larrys or just right out of the box? Right out of the box. I give it a tiny kick of forward lean, which I like. Uh, just both both Hybex, same same amount of forward lean. I know some people do just forward lean on the back foot. Can't really fuck with that. Um, just like one, one little kick. Uh, mm -hmm. Even on rails? Even on rails, just always. Front board in the hubba? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Take I don't change. The, I don't change the forward lean. Cool. And then, um, as far as waxing, are you a tech nerd, or are you just kind of what's your what's your take on? I go pretty simple. I mostly just wax and not even scrape. <laughs> to be honest, uh, we got a couple questions left before we wrap this thing up. Do you want to throw any thank yous? For sure, I would like to thank my family to help support me on my path, even if it's a very unconventional path. And trusting in me, believing in me, my friends, everyone on the way that helped me, uh, my fiance Lisa, 
and all the companies that helped me to get where I am today and uh, making me live this unique dream of mine. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, what's what's next for Benny Urban, for B Herbs, for Burbs, if you will? <laughs> Burbs. Um, what's next? Well, heading back to Innsbruck, going to recover a little bit from the winter and then uh, start planning the next little bit, you know, going into next winter. Got a, got a project with Vance in the making. So I'm going to wrap that up a little bit of like post-production with the people that I've worked with and try to stay busy with that and think about the future. Think about which, uh, which things are important to me in life. Going to spend a lot of time with my lady and yeah, focus on that. Sometimes less is more, you know, but definitely want to start thinking about um, something that I really care about besides snowboarding. Uh, also like job wise, I'd love to stay in the industry, but um, just trying to think what I could um, spend my time with really and like focus on that or like starting starting to invest time on that. Directing movies possibly? Hopefully, that'd be super fun. I'd love that. Love that. Well, thank you for coming on here and uh, sharing your story and chatting with us. It's been a blast, Benny. Dude, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. What do you think about the two uh, <coughs> hosts today? I think it should always be like this. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, look at Bob. Look at Mikey. It's Bob, been it's been so fun. Thank He's you a, for you the guys. listeners. Bob's got a real butt cut going right now. Yeah, it looks like he just dropped out of something. Handsome. It's these headphones are ruining my hair. Handsome okay, Bob. That's better. Handsome Bob. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on the show today. Yeah. We had a blast. Great time. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Benny. Thank you, guys. Got to say thank you so much to all of our Patreon members, all of our sponsors. We really appreciate you guys, all of our listeners, everybody that supports us, buys the merch, listens. You guys kick ass. And we got another episode for you guys next week. Over and out from the bomb hole. Nice. Good show, Silk. Get the silk, Kim. Nice job.